Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're coming live from the Traveling Bill Ford Tough Studio. Boomer and Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan simulcast. Across the country on CBS Sports Network and wherever you are in the free Odyssey app. Good Monday morning. We are back one more day from the Blue Wire Studios here at Wynn Las Vegas after Super Bowl 58, a game that got off to a slow start. It was a little bit sloppy, some mistakes, not a lot of offense, good defense, and then turned into an epic ending with, of course, the king of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, getting it done with the Super Bowl on the line, winning another one, winning another Super Bowl MVP in the Kansas City Chiefs. Have a dynasty. It's as simple as that. And this was a rough loss for the 49ers. They were up 10 in the game. Of course, Kyle Shanahan having lost to them a few years ago in a Super Bowl and was blowing as the offensive coordinator uh, the biggest Super Bowl lead of, of all time. So this is another tough pill to swallow, but... What can you say? Everything I, I want to happen in the NFL does not happen. I was rooting hard for the San Francisco 49ers there at Allegiant Stadium. I did pick the Chiefs, did think the Chiefs were going to win, but I was I was surrounded by Niners fans. I was screaming for it, and of course, Patrick Mahomes with the dagger. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Uh, <laughs> I know if you're watching CBS Sports Network, I don't know, you know, if you were doing that early, you would have seen that the show prior to us was us after the game. We had to stay for an extra hour after the game and yeah. do a post game on the CBS Sports Network. I feel like I just got off the field. That's <laughs> what I feel like. And, and I didn't go to the rap party. They had a great rap, you know, the, you wrap it all up rap party yeah. at the Virgin Hotel last night. Oh my God, I got a story for you. We almost had another BWI incident, BWI oh train incident. Are you kidding me? Yeah, another it, one of those? Yeah, it was in the, uh, the elevator lobby and we only had one elevator working at that crappy Virgin. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that hotel that we were staying at that we moved to uh, this weekend, I mean, it was annoying. Uh, but anyway, I have to say, 
it was uh, from my perspective and all the things that we were asked to do going into this game. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you how smoothly it, it ran behind the scenes, like the stuff that we were dealing with. Wow. Oh, that's tremendous. Oh, yes, this they is are the, tremendous. This is the greatest thing ever. Yes. This is, this is just perfect. I am so happy that we are back here at the win. See, what's happening here is we, uh, we, we were just getting flashed, Al Dukes. Oh, man. Right here. Yes, amazing. Yes. God bless you, I mean, girls. Just, uh, thank you. God bless you. Well, God bless you, yes. God bless you. Uh, whatever God you believe in, I hope it blesses you. Oh. Yeah, now we're, yeah, now we're getting ass smacks and everything. What? Now, let, let them do it, security guard. Just let them do whatever they want to do. It's okay, he said. I mean, that, that's a very, you know, I got to tell you, all the years we've worked together, that's never happened to us. <laughs> We just got boob flashed. <laughs> oh, that was tremendous. And and then she turned around and smacked her ass for us as well, which was a nice that's, little... Uh, that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you were saying, Boomer? I don't know Press. what I was just saying. I was just completely distracted. I don't know oh. what just happened. All right, Eddie, stop, man. Anyway, I was saying, I think I was saying that from, from our perspective and where we were sitting yesterday, everything went really, really well. Yeah. It, it couldn't have been any smoother. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I just can't believe what I just saw. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that was incredible. I think I had about an hour and a half of sleep. Did you get any sleep last uh, night? I I feel like I did. I feel like I got like uh, at least four hours, at least. You know, the worst part about it was is that uh, coming back from the stadium, which was fine, everything was smooth. Like I said, I I knew in the back of my mind that I had a pack, like to be able to get everything together. And bring it out with me because we're leaving today right after yeah. the show. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was, I was ahead of the game. Much tougher. Everything was much tougher for you, but I had everything packed. I had the clothes laid out for the next morning. I was, there they are again. These are our angels right here. <laughs> um, so I had everything laid out for the next morning and, uh, and it was, it, that was pretty smooth, but it was, huh? Yeah. I, this I, is good. This is good. This is this. <laughs> Jerry, can you just do the rest of the show, man? What are we doing? <laughs> I have, this is my stock line has been the last couple of days that I have lost my identity out here. I don't, I don't know who I am. I, I honestly like that. I am living in another parallel universe where I'm me, but I, it's not my life. Well, you know what? It was nine days out here, and nine days of uh, of a lot of interesting happenings going on. Uh, um, oh, my, oh, anyway, so we, we were smooth. Everything was great. Yeah. They moved us from the Bellagio fountain into the stadium. That was smooth and everything. I mean, we had a total great setup over there. Um, you know, we, I, we could hear Usher. I, I would have, I, we couldn't see him. So the question is, did you want to sit outside and listen to him? Yeah. If you could have gotten a spot, cause where we were sitting on the stadium or within the stadium, that whole thing collapses mm. when we're off the stage. So we couldn't stay on our stage. Yeah. So there was really no way for us to be out on the field to be able to see Usher. And we could hear it. And then we could go into the green room and then see it on TV. Um, but I, I, everybody seemed to like it. Everybody I talked to that was there yeah. seemed to really like it. I, I, we couldn't tell what it sounded like. Uh, on our TVs in the green room. You know, you know what's interesting is generally with these halftime shows, it comes across better on TV than it does in the stadium. But from the people I talked to that were watching it on TV compared to the people that were watching it in the stadium, which well, I was one of them with Eddie and Al, I think it was better in the stadium than it was on television. 
uh, at least from what I heard, because I was totally impressed. I was blown away. I had low expectations for it from the last halftime show that I saw, and I was I was locked in. And we had we were given these little uh, like life alert things around our necks that, <clears throat> that would light up in all different colors, and it just it was. I I thought he did a tremendous job. You know what? For for I guess in the stadium where we were, because we were in the bowels of the stadium, we were yeah. underneath the stands and everything. All you could feel is the vibration. I mean, it was so uh, loud. Yeah, it was. It was amazing how loud it was, and you can actually feel it uh, when they, when they were cranking it. So I, I all I know is that uh, everybody seemed to like it. Uh, and we were told that stand by. We have to make sure that they can get everything that was a part of that thing. The amount of the staging and the amount uh, of people that were on that field. Yeah, I was, it was crazy. Insane. I mean, I took a picture. They they had all those like uh, peacock women that had the big feathers, and there was a contortionist that was on the field. It was a gazillion people. It was it was nuts. And he had a couple of good special guests. Ludacris came out. A little John, like we expected. Alicia Keys. That was the one that we didn't expect. Yeah, Jermaine Dupree came, came, came out, out of nowhere. Yeah, no, she she actually came out from under a giant red sheet. Yes, and then and then there she was. There so. she was in red and a red piano and everything else. So that that part of it was great. And then all of a sudden, the football game turned into something that was tremendous in the second half. I know I heard you guys talking about the first half and it wasn't all that great. I have to tell you. That San Francisco defense yeah. was flying around. I mean, they were flying around. And Chase Young in the first half was trying to prove that he could still play football. They got the message. I can yeah. tell you this. Whatever message that was sent to them, they got it. At least for about three quarters. You know, towards the end of the game, they start playing soft zone. And Patrick Mahomes is just picking them apart. And on that last drive to end up winning the game in overtime, he was 8 for 8. Eight for eight, ran for a couple yeah. of first downs, and well, it was just completely the brilliance of the way that he plays quarterback right now. I, there's, I guess to me, Joe Burrow would be the closest one to him and then Josh Allen. But uh, you could see how he just completely took over the game at the end of the game, reading blitzes, getting rid of the football out of his yeah. hands, being accurate, stepping up in the pocket, knowing how far he had to go, getting down, taking hits. I mean, he was amazing in the second half. Yeah, a couple of things about that last drive. One, those two runs were just him putting the team on his back. One was on fourth down, and the other one was for, what, 16 yards? That on was third just, and one. Yeah, on third and one, which was critical. And then also, you know, Steve Wilkes made a... A critical error. He he sent everybody on a third down to go and get Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he did straight up cover zero, go get him, and that's just he got flustered and so, frustrated. I know, but here's the thing: Steve Spagnuolo is doing the same thing now. It's going after Brock Purdy, who, by the way, <laughs> yeah, played totally pretty well. Different, I know it's totally different, but <laughs> sooner or later, it's like you got to pick your poison. Yeah, and um, I think Steve Wilkes just wanted to get after him, see if they could hit him. I think it was, are you talking about the one where he hits Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield? Yes. Yeah, I mean, and that, and Jarek McKinnon did a pretty good job, like, almost making the guy that was blitzing off the end, thinking he was going to block him. Yeah. And it's within the offense that Patrick knows he's got to probably retreat and throw it over this guy. Yeah. It would have been interesting had that, I I don't remember which which guy was blitzing at that particular time. But if that guy had peeled off with McKinnon, what would have happened on the play? Yeah, but I mean, from the from a layman standpoint, you send people at the best quarterback in the league, and he just calmly looked down the field, found the guy, 
and was another backbreaker. I mean, he just you now. I don't know what the answer is. Like, what, what's the answer? If you if if you don't send everybody, then he sits back and, and picks you apart. Probably if you send everybody, then he just quickly gets rid of the ball. So I, I mean, I could sit here and say that the 49ers made a mistake, but just Patrick Bones is just too good at this point. And this is the stuff we were saying on Friday in picking the game that there there were three factors that I think that that the the Chiefs had a major advantage. And it was defensive coordinator, championship experience, head coach, championship experience, and the unquestioned, unquestioned, undisputed best player in the league. And he'll find a way. As good as the Niners were, he found a way. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to really put in the words the way that he plays quarterback, but it's just, it's amazing. There's He doesn't get flustered, and even in bad games, but, you know, his season this year was not a spectacular season by his standards, by any stretch in the imagination. Remember, we were talking about how they couldn't find any wide receivers early yeah. in the season. They had to run the ball, and it was all about defense. And still, this defense, by the way, only gave up 22 total points in four playoff games in the second half. Think about that for a second. Yeah. I mean, they were they were that damn, they were that they were that damn good. Uh, I, I I don't know. The other, the other thing that the big question I would have going into overtime, and I I don't know the explanation for this. I'm sure that there's a reasonable estimate explanation for it. But if I'm winning the coin toss in overtime, I'm deferring. Yeah, I, I'm not taking the ball because of the way the rules are written. And I I'm sure Kyle Kyle Shannon spoke about this last night. I did not see it. And I, I did question him. I'm not doing it this morning after. I did it right at the moment. Uh, and then when we came on the air, I just, I said, I, I don't understand why he wouldn't have deferred there. Now, I'm sure there's an analytical answer to it. Uh, is there? Because I, <laughs> so it, it's sort of the same thing as a college football overtime is that you want the opportunity to know what you need to do. So you could use all four downs exactly. if, you need, if you need to, exactly. or if you have to punt or, or settle for a field goal. So I, I don't, I, I will not accept any other argument. <laughs> it's like, honestly, I don't know what he said or analytic this, analytic that. There's not enough information with the over the new overtime rules for the playoffs. So I, what what would the analytics be based on? There's there's nothing there. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I did not hear an explanation yet. I yeah. basically put my head on a pillow, got up, took no, a shower, and came here. I'm sure Jerry so, has it. So I'm sure we'll find one. Uh, whether or not uh, he explains that. And I know you want to be aggressive, but again, you know, a lot of these coaches, like Dan Campbell, they're, they, they're aggressive all year long. They want the ball. They want to do this on fourth down. They want to do that on fourth down. Uh, they don't want to settle for field goals. But when you get into these games at this level and you got coaches and quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid standing on the other sideline, I mean, you just sometimes it's just better to be smarter and just to be as conservative as you possibly can be. Yeah. Uh, and at, at that point, too, I, I could understand having had the lead, watching the Chiefs come back, winning the toss. It's almost like mentally you don't want to give them the ball. You, you kind of want to stop the momentum. I can understand that. If that was his explanation, maybe I could understand well, a little more. Like, you know, I, I felt like my defense was tired and they needed to yeah. you know, get their wits about themselves. Maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the story. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, but this is another brutal <clears throat> loss for Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's he's got it. I said for the entire season, if the Niners don't win the Super Bowl this year, they're just going to be beside themselves. Now they ran into you know, a dynasty, and I, I don't know if that puts any uh, 
consolation prize for them at all. I doubt it. Uh, but this was a year that it, it needed to be their year, and they got off to a great start. They made Patrick Mahomes look human in that first half, but it just you give him four quarters, and he's going to find a way in every one of these games that he played uh, as an underdog the last three games, Buffalo, Baltimore, and the Niners. Yeah. So he, he took out everybody that people expect. I mean, uh, this is Buffalo's year now. Josh Allen playing at MVP level. Mahomes, <laughs> done. Puts the Zorro sign on his chest. Lamar Jackson, MVP. Baltimore, one seed. This is this is their year. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> carves him up. San Francisco 49ers, best roster in the league. You know, they're going to get revenge in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> just, it's just ridiculous. You know what? They didn't score a lot of points in, this, in these playoffs. I mean, 25 points for Patrick Mahomes and what we always think is this great offense. Yeah. That's not a lot of points. Um, <clears throat> that's why their defense... Deserves a lot of credit, but I, I don't know. I, I also I probably made a mistake at halftime because on that Christian McCaffrey double double reverse the pass the, the pass of Juwan Jennings. Yeah. So I came on at halftime, and I and it, I'm telling you, to to my eye, <clears throat> it looked like the center for the 49ers was like ten yards downfield. Yeah, and so I'm looking at this replay. I'm looking at this replay, and I'm like, man, this guy's ten yards downfield. This should be a legal man downfield. So I basically said at halftime, I, I don't necessarily know that that Christian McCaffrey touchdown should be allowed. And I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm asking all of our researchers and everything. And they're like, ah, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe they let it slide or whatever. And then I went back after halftime and looked at it on next gen stats. We take a look at next gen stats. See how far the C number 64 right yeah, there? Yeah. See how far downfield he is? Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that. As soon as that ball was released with a forward pass, and that was Jennings, the wide receiver who may have been the <laughs> the MVP had they won. Yeah. Because he threw a touchdown pass and he caught a touchdown pass. But uh, and the last guy to do that was Nick Foles. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. um, really special. I just, I felt like when I'm watching it, but as soon as the ball leaves the hand of Jennings, that's when I the center is moving down the field. And it's it's really close, but... Looking back at the next gen stats of it, where they, where you could look at it in computer form and it shows you where everybody is on the field when the ball is being thrown. He was right at the, at the line of the right place to be. So I think I was wrong and the referees in that case were right. And the other thing I did like about the game for the most part is that the referees really weren't a part of the game. Yeah. I didn't feel like they were. There were a couple of times. On third down, where guys were, I thought were, had made first downs, but were not given first downs. And there was one I think the Kansas City Chiefs could have challenged, but they decided not to challenge. That was the one with Travis Kelsey. Well, yeah, and this is something that I think is great and that you're bringing up too, because we only complain about the officials when something bad goes wrong. I mean, they didn't make it about them last it was night. Not about them. It was not at about all. them. And, and I mean, it's like they let they let a lot go. Yeah, which is fine though. I mean, there was holding. There was a lot. And yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of holding going on with the defensive linemen and everything. And, and you know, I'm sitting there with JJ Watt. And he's like, man. You can't catch a break, man. You know, he sees it obviously from a defensive lineman's perspective, which I love because it gives me a different perspective when I'm talking about the game and about some of the, uh, some of the frustrations that certain players would have while watching a game of this magnitude. And that was one of them. Like they, they let it go, which I think they let the, the players play and that's fine. So speaking of J.J. Watt, I end up getting in the elevator with J.J. Watt and whether it was his driver, security guard, whatever it was. 
and it was only we're both on the second floor, so it's just one floor, you know, to go. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm just not gonna say anything to him. He watches and listens to us. <laughs> I I know, but it just was like I had to go through, and he was heading towards this to the stadium yesterday. So he was all dressed up, he's ready to go, right? Heading to work, and I'm like, I, I just can't believe say I'm Gio on Boomer's partner. I know, I. I I just did you what do you think about his hair cuz his hair seemed to be making it all, all th- through the uh He looked the, great to me. The X and everything like you looked like a guy somebody put it out there that and JJ responded to it so that's the only reason I'm talking about it. Yeah. Said that uh, JJ Watt looks like a guy that you would see giving a uh, a wedding speech and he forgot some lines or, or is going to say something that's going to cause a divorce or something <laughs> like that. You know, a best man speech yeah. that he, that he actually uh you know, he uh, responded back to it so it was pretty funny. Yeah. But I, uh, I, and then the, his security guard and driver is looking at me like, oh, who's this slap NFL fan that's going to be bugging J.J. Watt in the elevator? Yeah, I think you're overreacting to that. JJ's, J.J. couldn't be a nicer guy. I know, but I just, I, he, to be honest with you, he's going to do his first Super Bowl broadcast. He's leaving. He doesn't need to be talking to anybody. I thought I did him a solid by just leaving him alone. Hey, J.J., Go do what you got. I mean, do. you just got done saying hello to Randy Moss, your new friend. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. That was fun. All right, it is Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Your fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us: trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
monitor while I'm out here. I wouldn't care. And I figured all the people that I'm talking to at home would, would give me a heads up about this. Nobody did. Everybody's like, hey, how's everything going? Do this, you do that. You can tell me about the winter storm, will you? Well, they didn't want to tell you about the winter storm because, like, now you are morphing into, like, like just, like, anxiety. A lot of logistics, man. You know, you talk logistics. There's a lot of logistics. The timing. Do I have to stay in the hotel? The this, the that, the snowblower. Let it snow. Let it snow. Snowblower. Snowblower. Just snowblower is out. Listen, dude. Yeah. We've had nine unbelievable days. I know that. <laughs> uh, that has nothing so to do go, with this, so you though. you go back into the snow, you, you just deal with it like everybody else deals with it. <laughs> Get some duct tape and some milk and let's go. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's not like everybody else. There is there is a component of, I cannot not be at work. I know. And it, then sometimes I have to have the hotel and come in because the roads are so bad. There is a... there. You got to think about it. I can't just be willy nilly kind of like, oh, I'll just drive in a foot of snow to work and then be late. Yeah, Gen you know what Z I'm saying? <laughs> right. All right, all right. Just I gotta relax. figure it out. I know we have a jury update, so I don't want to ask Al about. So I'll ask Al something on the other side of the update oh. that I found Ooh. very interesting that he and Jerry were talking about this morning. Hmm. Okay, very good. All right, what's up, Jerry? How are you, man? I'm good. We're brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. A couple things. I did 18 in yesterday. Gee, it wasn't so by bad. By the way, are you uh, sick? Ice. Are you sick? You sound sick again. No, I, it's the same thing that I had after I was in the casino last week. I've kind of lost my voice from the smoke, but I feel great, actually. I'm not sick at all. All right. So I actually feel wonderful. I got a nice, nice, nice uh, short night's sleep in my own bed. It was fantastic. And I will tell you, Eddie, you can have the blah, blah, blah sounder ready because I know this is going to sound terrible. Uh, you were phenomenal yesterday. Oh, by the way, Bob Boomer. Hello, anybody? I What? I thought you were phenomenal <laughs> yesterday because I thought all of the broadcasters had their issues. I did not think you did. So, there you go. Oh, let's go through the other broadcasters' I, issues, I, Jerry. I applaud you, Mr. Bumarosai. No, right. well, thank you very well, much. Well, I appreciate well, it. Well, 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 let's go one, one by one. Yes. One, one well, by one. Jim, no, Jim Nance mean. issue. Well, I don't want to do... Th- um, okay. Uh, Nance was terrific. The only thing would be, I would say, I don't know where he was sitting. He had the, line of, the, uh, the first down yardage wrong several times. Okay. And I don't know that's his fault as much as it might be the spotter. Um, but that was noticeable. And uh, Romo? I thought Romo was good. I, you know, Romo was fine. Aside from singing Adele into a break, I thought Romo was actually pretty good. I thought you, but here's where they, where I thought they weren't great, where I thought you shined, Boomer. Uh, the whole Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid thing, you got on him pretty good at halftime. Romo and Nance kind of glanced over it like it wasn't that big a deal. They mentioned <laughs> it, but it was like, eh, oh, this happened. Uh, back to the play. I thought it was weird, actually. And then I thought Nate was very laissez-faire, as they say about that, when you were trying to take him down. <laughs> Phil Phil had his issue with his pick in the beginning of the game, which well, these things happen. He got confused. Uh, what else? I But you, I thought you were like a, a, a solid A-plus across the board. I thought you were really good. Uh, that's very nice wow. of you, Jerry. Thank you very much. I did, by the way, I didn't ask him, didn't pay him, no, didn't, and want, I, didn't expect him to say what he's saying and right And I now. also know that it was going to sound terrible, but it is. Yes. even Kim's watching the game. She goes, Boomer's on point today. I'm like, yes. And she also loved the uh, the Vegas thing uh, from the hangover, which was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, the hangover. What would you guys think of that? That was, that was so good. They did a tremendous job with that production. Uh, Bill Cowher's got to work on his acting chops. Yeah, but, but you know what? I got to tell you, our guy Dan Ennis, the producer who put that together, and then went out to go see Ed Helms the next day. Yeah, because you guys knew I was shooting that we were shooting that on <laughs> right. Monday. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, it was Phil Sims coming down the stairs in those boxes was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Funny. Yeah, was I so mean good. that was hilarious, and I thought Nate was Nate was, was good. Phil was, 
Yeah, when Phil was talking to, to Ed Helms, it was like, you know, he's on the cell phone. Yeah. And there's really, Ed Helms is not on the cell phone when Phil is doing it at the moment, of course. But the way Phil came up, I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, Phil was great. And uh, he told me at the Breitling event, when someone told him that he was wearing the boxer shorts, yeah. he goes, so you're going to make me that effing guy? <laughs> That's what he said to the director. Well, it could have been the effing guy with the freaking uh, tattoo on his forehead. <laughs> uh, yep. It was very, very well done. So. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, CBS Sports Network was showing the Ed Helms, Phil Sims conversation. I thought that was funny. Nate was great. And then, of course, J.J. Watt just shows up like, you know, the Adonis that he is. Hey, guys, let's go work out. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's get, let's get to some of the sound from uh, last night, specifically the game winner. First, this hour, I'll give you Kevin Harlan on Westwood One. First and go at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes, four-man front, receiver of motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown, it's caught. Hardman caught the ball, the Chiefs have won, the Chiefs have won. Yeah, they've won the Super Bowl, indeed. Oh, indeed oh Hardman, ball. man, who uh, told uh, yes. O's the mentalist. That's right. That somehow Subway, that he was going to be a part of a winning team that was going to beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit nuts. And he did get a uh, a little bit of time on stage during the uh, Lombardi Trophy presentation. He said that he blacked out when he caught the ball. And apparently he didn't know the rules uh, that he that the game was, yeah, over, was over at yeah. that point. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, we, we had him on our set after. Yeah. And I, I did ask him about being traded from the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> to Kansas City in the middle of the season, he was like, hey, man, I just like getting back to family. Yeah. Like, I was so happy. It's funny I, you said that about Hardman, G. I'm skipping around, uh, guys at CBS, I apologize. But Eric Armstead of the Niners was also confused. I, I don't. It shouldn't surprise me, but it does. Here he was. I think he was asked about taking the ball first, where he's also talking about the rules in overtime. I didn't even know about the new overtime, uh, playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. Um yeah, I didn't even really even know what was going on in terms of that. I, they put on this, the scoreboard, and everyone was like, oh, even if you score, they get a chance still. So. Isn't that amazing? We're a couple of years yeah, into yeah, this. But by the way, so when he says if we score, meaning if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball back. Which is different than the regular season, right? Right, because if you, it, yes, because hmm. you, you, if you kick a, well, you you get you get the ball back anyway in the regular season. Not if you score the, the first not, team scores a touchdown. But not if the touchdown. first team scores a touchdown. Yeah, but here right. in the postseason, they're insured a possession. Yep. Exactly. So so meaning that if San Francisco would have scored a touchdown, Kansas City would have been able to get back on the field to see if they could tie it. Yeah, and, just, and the advantage there is is that they know they they have to use all four downs. Right. That is in order very to true. keep the game going. Very That's true. why it, it's. I'm still not understanding it. Do you have any Kyle Shanahan yes. sound as to why he deferred there? Uh, didn't defer, why he took didn't the ball? Defer. Yes, here is Shanahan on the decision to take the ball in overtime. Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, that none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then... We thought it was in our hands after that. See, that's and, the analytic part of it. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, you got to take into account who the quarterback is on the other side, and any anywhere outside of field goal range on fourth down, they're going to go for it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the advantage like for they Kansas did. City. Like okay. they did on that fourth and one. And that's a lot of assuming where he goes, we want the ball third if both of us go down and score. I mean, that's just a lot of looking into the future. How the fact that, you know, you stop them and then you go win the game after that. I know, but at least he gave an, a legitimate answer. This wasn't yeah. something that he was searching for. It was something that, you know, they did discuss. Nobody has ever had this situation before in the NFL. So at least he reasonably discussed it with his analytics guys. These analytics guys, they get in the way all the time, man. Cool. <laughs> I want to interview these guys after guys the around game. here, Al? No. Not so much around here. We don't have any. Nope. Nobody at WF Analytics no, guy? I don't think any um, analytics. Would you say, guys, that most of the guys on the air at our station are anti-analytics? Yes. I, yeah, I would think so, yeah. Mo not all, most. Well, then, who is the one or two guys or people, maybe a gal somewhere, I don't know, that is actually into analytics? Uh, name that person. Uh, uh, McMonagall. <laughs> I got nothing for you, man. I, got, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, you know everything that goes on at our station, and you don't know who the analytics guys are. What do you mean, like the like baseball analytics guys? The analytics. I mean, it have to be Evan, if anybody. Yeah, right? but he's not like, though. Like NBA analytics, shoot threes. <laughs> you have a better chance of winning if you hit more threes than the other team. <laughs> That's true. If you make more, you, you win. Yes. That is true. Uh, here's one from Patrick Mahomes on Westwood One. What does this mean, Wendy? It means the world. I mean, when I got here, I wanted to, to win as many as possible. I wanted back-to-back. -back. We fell short last time, and to be able to come back and do it, um, it, it truly is special. Um, but we're not done. That three-peat three sounds real nice. Oh, well, they got to do that next year. He was the MVP, threw for 333 yards, two touchdowns, also ran for 66 yards uh, in the win. Travis Kelsey had one whopping catch for one yard at halftime. I got to tell you, Boomer, this game was boring in the first half but obviously it was defense man it was it was yeah, it was it was sloppy did you see those guys flying all yeah you know sloppy anybody out there that plays defense understands exactly what that first half was about it was about the effort by the mm. 49ers the 49ers owned the game they just didn't score a lot of points no and their and, defense let them down when they could have won twice listen christian mccaffrey fumbles you know they're he right did. down in there. They're gonna they're gonna go in and all of a sudden a fumble. You know, and that's the Chiefs have been living on that. Look they at all the turnovers they got against Baltimore. Had three point leads with two minutes to go in the game. Didn't hold them without a field goal and had a chance to hold them at the end. Didn't didn't do it again. So they had the lead twice. Defense let them down. And by the way, how about the fact of this uh, uh, the uh, the the torn Achilles by Dre Greenlaw? Oh, running, crazy. It was like Aaron Rodgers all over again. Yeah, but he didn't have somebody sitting on top of him and no, twisting him. He just he just jumped off the sideline to go run on the field. And as, as the defense was getting ready to go on, he, you know, he was actually hopping up and down Ugh. on the sideline. Terrible. So I don't know. And then all of a sudden, you see again, like where we were sitting, and with the angle that we had, I, you could see the same thing happen to his calf as what happened to Aaron Rodgers' calf. Yeah, really awful. Ugh. So. So the Chiefs win their Super Bowl champions. So I want to give you just a couple of other things uh, from this game. There's someone who's breathing a sigh of relief, I believe, if I if I wrote this in properly. So Shannon Sharp and Chad Ochocingo did their uh, podcast. I guess they were live in Vegas all week. And let's just say there was lots at stake for Chad going into this game. You said you were so confident yes, sir. that the Chiefs are going to win this game. Absolutely. You said if they don't win, right. you'll give up eating McDonald's for one year. That's easy. You will divorce rail. That's true. And give up sex for the rest of the year. 
I got a hand. <laughs> I got a hand. <laughs> Sound like they had a crowd there. Yeah, yeah, a live podcast. So he didn't have to worry about any of that. He's all good because the Chiefs did win the game. Um, what else? I want to give you this because I don't know if you heard this uh, during the pregame. So Ian did a great job outside the stadium as you guys uh, had to make it from your spot to the car back to the stadium. Uh, the and for some reason the audio is just a little bit choppy. But here's Ian describing your car ride back in as CBS put out the video. I guess you had it was JJ Watts eating a sandwich and you're saying well, yeah, we all had sandwiches in the car because we didn't know how long it was going to take to get there. And there's Sims changing his shoes. All right, here's the update. Phil is due his bag. JJ, yeah, it's a car break. That's what he does, man. He's crushing <laughs> food. Getting the calories. <laughs> oh, oh, oh getting involved. Uh, Boomer. Where, where's Boomer's energy drink? <laughs> well, he's got three of them ready to go. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> they did a really good job of kind of tracking and, and you guys. I, and it was fun. All right, so I have to tell you, I, I did change clothes. This outside was freezing, so I had that turtleneck on. And uh, so when we're going there, I was going to get changed in the car. Because we weren't sure there was going to be enough time for me to get to the stadium and change. But it turned out that we got there in time, and those guys took over that part of the broadcast. And and I got changed. So I, I thought Nate was going to change, but he, I guess he chickened out on oh. That he sucks. said he had some gold LeMay suit he was going to wear. Oh, man. I said, come on, man. It's Vegas, dude. Let's go. Let's let's buy into it. Step it up. Uh, All right, Jerry. We're a little bit late here, so let's, uh, let's save this stuff for next hour. All right. Uh, How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. From the Blue Wire Studios here at Win Las Vegas. All right, you said you had something for Al Dukes, yes? Yeah, so I heard you and uh, Jerry talking about your experience at the Super Bowl yesterday. Yes. And how uh, you were sitting up in the stands and you felt like you were up there with Riff Raff. Yeah, I was just saying, like, these are very expensive tickets. Like, it was seeing online, 7,000 minimum. And I was like, who? All these people look like the regular schlubs you see at the Jets and Giants games. All right, all right so let me ask you this, you know. How much you pay for your tickets? 
Well, mine was, you know, you got you got for me. So zero, I paid zero dollars. So, so maybe some of those people got free tickets from, from their friends or somebody that, you they know. They don't all know people. Or, no way. Or maybe they're part of a sponsorship package or something. I, I'm telling you. I, what, like, no Bill Coward? No, 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 no. So are you saying that you're riffraff as well? No, I'm not riffraff because okay. I I got my tickets special as a special occasion. The rest of these people that are 19 beers deep wearing Detroit Lions jerseys, like wh- so where did they they're get? They're hardcore football fans, which was amazing because Gio was telling me that where you were sitting, which is I'm assuming right where Al was. Yeah, well, it was a couple of sections over, but yes, yeah, same vibe. But yep. you you had people that knew every play from both teams, and they could. Basically, predict what was happening. Uh, it, great football fans That's what I'm around saying. us. A lot of Niner fans, but great football. And the fans. guys, the guys next to me were breaking down the San Francisco punter <laughs> and what his chances of being MVP at one point because yeah, he, he had a great guy. He yeah. had a great game. But you know, it's amazing. Like, when I go to a hockey game, there's nothing worse than sitting there and being into a game and then somebody sitting behind you. It's a friend of somebody who's never been to a hockey game before, and the person behind you has to explain to that person uh. what is happening. I just want to focus in on the ice. I want to watch the game. I can I can almost predict what a Ranger player is trying to do or is going to do because I, I'm so into it. And I would think that that's kind of the experience you had last night. Yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised with the fans around us. Nobody was out of control Nobody was ruining anybody's time. Everybody was respectful. I mean, it was it was great, and and we were not we were not in a luxury box. So I, I thought maybe there was a chance we'd get some of those fans that were a little bit uh, on the uh, on the fritz, and right. it ended up being great. And by the way, speaking of luxury boxes, did yeah. you see where? Ms. Taylor Swift was sitting. Did you see where her box was? I couldn't tell from yeah. where and, we were where she was in the beginning when she got there. Did you see who was in the box? Reading her. I did see a video of her and Roger Goodell having a conversation. Oh. Hello. How you doing? People are trying to characterize that that was a not a friendly conversation. I'm like, how the hell could anybody know? So there was a couple of videos with captions that said Roger Goodell and Taylor Swift seem to be in a very serious conversation. Uh, were they? I think, I, I think, I you know, look, Roger's not an idiot. Of course, he knows exactly what the NFL wants, what the, you know, this, 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 I can't even think about what the ratings must have been last night at 10 o'clock when the game was going into overtime. And they, you know, we cut to her a number of times. You know, it was interesting. Sean McManus, our chairman of CBS Sports, who is retiring after the, I think after the tournament and the Masters. Okay. Was saying way back when, before the playoff season even started, that, you know, he was hoping for an overtime Super Bowl. And it would be great if Kansas City were there because of the Taylor Swift effect. Like, just on TV and just the interest and everything. And what you want is a really close game to keep everybody in tune. And I'm thinking last night, going into overtime at 10 o'clock on the East Coast, it's it's got to be like 130 to 140 million people watching this thing. Yeah, I mean, how could it not be? I mean, 110 million would be great. That Super Bowl that we had in Tampa, that um, the COVID Super Bowl, um, that was one of the lowest rated, and, and probably because people were not getting together. I'm assuming, you know, I don't know all the reasons why that was a low, uh, especially with Tom Brady being in Tampa. Yeah, you would think, but with the Taylor Swift effect, with all the commercials, with uh, the halftime of Usher, and just the fact that it's in Vegas, you got to believe that this rating has got to be 
it's got to be the highest ever. It's got to be. Got to be record-breaking. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports. Now we're a quick break. We'll get right back to it. All right, Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Traveling Built Ford Tough Studio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Live one more day from the Blue Wire Studios here at Wynn, Las Vegas. Speaking of uh, this rejoin that we are hearing right now, the NFL tailgate uh, prior to the game, which was just awesome. We were so fortunate to have access to that. Gwen's, oh, you guys got those tickets too? We we did, yes, man, which was you guys, which you, was awesome. You guys cleaned up, man. Yeah, it was pretty good, man, I got to say. And uh, uh, thanks to you, we were able to get in there and enjoy it. A lot of New Yorkers in there. Anybody yes. recognize you guys? Yeah, way yeah. more than I thought. I got to be honest with you. I was I was shocked at the amount of listeners that were there and uh, and and recognizing us. And Gwen Stefani performed, and it was that was that was really really cool. And it was a, a just a huge NFL party spectacle outside with the perfect, absolute perfect weather right next to the stadium. It was it was awesome, and I have you know a few videos of it that I just uh, took for memories, just looking around, and it was uh, it was great. But I will say now my, my memory's being jogged. So when we're <laughs> When we're running to the car last night. So there's a situation where Al's Gina has to catch her flight. And she booked a car to pick her up at the Luxor. But, or no, the Delano, right? The Delano. 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 We thought it was Delano. The Delano. So uh, the Delano, uh, we get out there (laughs) and Gina calls the driver and the words that I heard from Gina's mouth made Al like melt into a pile of turds. <laughs> she goes, "What do you mean? There's a dilemma." And then Al goes, "I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. This is where my body shuts down." Is what he said. I can't do it. Al, you got it. You got to be the superhero no, in that moment. I almost did what a kid does in the mall that's been shopping too much. Just la- I almost laid on the pavement. I almost it, just laid down and said, "Take and me." You know what? It's not an exaggeration. The, well, this is the end of the night. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we're rushing around. People everywhere. So so then we have to go <laughs> from where we were. Like we walked and then had to go all the way back. To, and as we're like running through and all these people, <laughs> some guy goes. Gio! <laughs> Al! And then Al goes, not now! <laughs> Screams right back at him. See, next time you see a celebrity snap at somebody, now you'll understand why. So, I mean, I, I shook his hand. I shook his hand. I was like, listen, man, we're running to this car. You know, there's a lot of people. I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, it goes, there goes Al. Al, not now! No, it was incredible. So, uh, so there was, am I exaggerating? Nope, Any no of exaggeration. All right, so there there was, and I know Al told us in the warm-up show, for people who didn't hear it, there was a guy, as we were panicked, trying to figure out where this driver was, who worked for either Mandalay Bay or Luxor, where, so Gina's on the phone with the driver. She goes up to this guy who works in the hotel, says, I need to get to this parking lot across from the Luxor. I'm not sure where it is. He's like, is that the driver on the phone now? And he's like, he's like, hi, I'm Robert. Uh, where are you? He walked us a legit, um, a le- three quarters of a mile to a, a to a mile through hotels, <laughs> parking garages, streets, crossing streets, while he's on the phone yeah. with the driver. That's a superhero. Now we don't, we didn't go to that hotel. We don't know this guy. 
he just decided to help us in in a way that I've never seen someone go out of their way with the thousands and thousands of people that are around in his hotel. He decided to leave his post to help us out. The funniest part was when he grabbed the phone from he as the the guy was telling Gina, we have a dilemma. This random guy working at the hotel goes, is that Juan? <laughs> He knew the driver. No, shut up. He yeah. knew the driver. He yeah. did. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. So now everything gets okay. Everything's okay. You find Juan. Yes. Yeah. Gina goes with Juan to the airport. She caught her plane. Yeah. First, we had to go to the hotel, get her bag. Oh, <laughs> that's another like pain in the ass. Yeah. Thing. And then back to the hotel All and right. caught her plane. All right. So she got her plane. Here's my big question for you. Not so much you, but yeah. for you, Mister. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm going to tip. What am I yeah. going to tip? Am I going to take care of this guy? What am I going to do? I swear to God, if you sit here and you tell me you didn't tip him, I'm going to come over there and just steamroll you. Who the guy who walked us the yes. miles? I gave him a one hundred dollar bill. Very nice and very nice, Al. And Al, I'm getting it. So that, Eddie, this guy was like an angel came yeah. down from heaven Honestly. to help us. So Eddie and I had had cash in our hand to to tip him, and Al goes, "We got it," and we said, "No, no, no, we're giving him cash as well. <laughs> I don't care what you're giving him. We like this is you got to take care of that guy. This man, that guy, guy went above and beyond, well and he, above. And he was like surprised. He was like, huh? He's like to get anything. He was like, Are you really? And I was like, yeah. What are you kidding me? Never seen anybody do anything like that. And then we do get in the car, and Al had one one last like uppercut no. to. <laughs> Where he goes, he goes, this is the last, (laughs) the last time I do anything on a work night. The last time. How many times have I said that? Yeah, I know. (laughs) At least like 75 since I've been working on this show. I mean, at the end of the day, you'll get home today, you'll put your head on the pillow, and you'll say, you know what? That was a great experience. Right, but in the moment. Yeah, I know, yeah. Al. I know you You. you just, you, your knees buckle and you go down. My, I, I understand. My brain cannot handle it. It just doesn't have the capacity. Yeah, wow. I know. And you know what? If if the same work, because it wasn't my significant other, yeah. it was easy for me to just kind of take sidecar in this spot. Yeah. But I know if, if it was my significant, then I would be losing my mind. I would just be like, because I know all I'm going to do is hear about this. If I don't get it at the right place and this and that. So I, I know where you're at. For you guys, for us, obviously, because we're with CBS and, you know, we're getting the VIP treatment because we got to get from one area, the Bellagio Fountains, back into the stadium. And we're on, you know, golf carts and everything else. And we're going through everything. How was it getting into the stadium for you guys security-wise? Smooth, super smooth. Now, we got there the second that the gates opened. So at, at 11.30 when the tailgate opened and everything. So... Uh, we were ahead of the, the mark, but man, they did a great job. They had so many security checkpoints opened up. I mean, what were they like? 30 maybe that you could, you could go to. And then they, the way they had the lines worked out. And once you got through there and got your ticket scanned, that was it. You were in the compound and you were good the rest of the way. Yeah. And our pregame, uh, because the pregame tailgate thing was scanned, that worked like they didn't have to scan our tickets after that. It was, very well. So, yeah, I, I, G said once you were in, the, once you were in, you were in. And then when in. you got into the stadium, you had to show them where your tickets were so you can get to your seats. I'm assuming, right? Or I don't even. You yeah, didn't even do that. G yeah. just figured that out. You didn't need to. Wow. Yeah, people just you just look at the signs, and there you are. So, so all in all, would you give this uh, uh, one to five? Uh, you've been to many Super Bowls before. 
Um, how would you rate this Super Bowl experience to your other ones? Well, I had been to one other game that was not great. This was went was, the game was unbelievably more entertaining halftime show everything than that last Super Bowl. And as far as doing the shows here and the week and how it went. I don't think it's ever going to be able to be topped. Not only did it beat all the other ones that I've been at, it's going to be impossible to beat this week going forward uh, when we or if we do it again, depending how many days we're going to be here, whatever it is. So, yeah, a pure five out of five. I'll go same thing. Five out of five for this one. Everything is in a, a nice, small, tight area as well. Getting into that stadium was super easy. I was expecting total chaos. So and then the stadium itself was really cool. Except the for stadium the, is cool, right? Bad yeah. bathroom situation for men, which is very strange yeah. for how new the stadium is. Yeah, there was two hundred deep to to urinate. Yeah, at almost all times. This is a spot where you got to wear that diaper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And I would I would agree. Uh, five star experience, but for me personally, I'm the only other one here who has actually been on the field for a Super Bowl besides yourself. Yeah. I was on the field for Super Bowl 35 with Giants Ravens holding a parabolic. That's kind of hard to beat for me personally. Yeah. But other than that, the experience. Well, that's great. I'm just glad to hear that the overall experience was good, man, because, you know, they try to make it as secure and, and not as cumbersome as you'd like to think. I mean, past Super Bowls. It was a lot tougher. I, I don't know. I just think the location of everything here with Vegas, the restaurants, you want to see Sebastian Maniscalco, right? Yeah, Saturday night. I mean, like, think of win. all the different things you, you did around the Super Bowl. We went to go play golf at yep. Summit. Yep. A couple times. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah amazing. By the way, I will say, <clears throat> Allie's boyfriend, I mean, he hit some golf shots on Friday. Yeah. I mean, it was like a tour like drives. It, they were on <laughs> like 340 yards. Short game, not so good. Yeah. But he could really hit it a long way. Like, he, when, when he gets a hold of it, he gets a hold of it. Right for show, putt for dough, baby. That's yeah, what I say. That is uh, that is true. It got off to a little bit of a uh, shaky start, but then when he settled in, he was bombing the ball. Like, ridiculous. Yeah, and we're up 3,500 feet. Yeah. Thin air. Mm-hmm. And the ball has got to be going 350. <laughs> I, I think he hit a couple of 350. I mean, I thought I hit the ball pretty Pretty decent. You did, of course. But yeah. he was like a hundred yards past me. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't, I'm not that. I mean, I'm, I know I'm 62, but I'm just like, I still hit it pretty yeah. good. No, you do. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's impressive. I have to say it is impressive. As Although, far as I hit it past you, he hit it past me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It that was ridiculous. Fair. That is absolutely fair. Um, but hey, guess what? Uh, we were handed uh, 50 bucks at the end of that. All matters. So that's all that matters. Winners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> winners, is, winners is right. Uh, well, you know why? Because we finally got his right handicap. Uh, that, that That is true. Uh, and, and I will, I have to say that I, I feel so much better about myself in dealing with social situations after hanging around Stephen Waldron. Oh, boy. Because, like, I thought that I could be awkward sometimes. I mean, this... This the nervous energy that Stephen Waldron of CBS <laughs> possesses is just completely off the charts. Well, the first thing he wore this fluorescent orange pullover. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice, it's an Under Armour pullover, so I like it. But it was like bright yeah. orange, like a, like a look at the, there's the picture. Yeah, yeah, there it is. He yeah. looked like a traffic cone. <laughs> 
Nothing. And he has a very weird habit. I don't think he knows it. And I pointed it out to Gio. Oh, no. Yeah, it's so right about and, this. And it's one of these weird <laughs> things on a golf course. Like you're like, okay, this this doesn't seem right because it's not right. And mm-hmm. this is probably part of the awkward, awkwardness of it. Yeah. So you know when you hit the green, Al. I know you don't play golf. When you go hit the green, and, and you know, let's say all four balls are on the green. And everybody has to mark their ball until, you know, each guy goes, especially if the ball that you've hit may be in the way of somebody else getting ready to putt. So you got to mark your ball and everything else. He has this unique habit of marking his ball and then like walking away a hundred yards. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think, oh my, where's he going? In the bathroom? <laughs> What's going on with Where's he staying? Why is he going back out in the middle of the fairway? Is he working today back in New York? Uh, yeah, he is. He's there. Steven, are you there? I don't know if we can hear him today. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. Oh, okay. I got him. There we go. Hey, okay, uh, so, good. All right. Very good. Um, but uh, yeah, and he, oh, he, he had a, he did have one birdie. He did. And we were all over him before that putt. Like I threw everything at him, shamed him, got him all nervous. You were killing him. You were calling him hacksaw. <laughs> and, uh, and he, he hit the putt. He hit the putt. So <laughs> I will give him, I will give him credit for that. He I had a great Steven, Are you aware? I'm contemplated closing my eyes and putting, but <laughs> right. I kept them open and I hit it. Uh, you know, so yeah, he uh, had a little trouble with the speed of the greens, especially <laughs> yep. uh, when you're putting back towards the valley in the strip down here. Yep. The putts are really fast. That's why I was calling him hacksaw because <laughs> he was hacking everything off and it was just like taking off. <laughs> oh man. But I tell you, I mean, we, like when he's like bopping around behind you, you're like, oh man, it's just. Great, man. David. Do you realize that goes on when you play golf? No, yeah. no. I, 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 it's the first time I've ever heard that. You said yes. he does a nervous cough thing, also. Oh yeah. He so he's got this. <laughs> he's got this nervous cough that, like, when an awkward situation happens, he starts. <laughs> he starts like hacking. So <laughs> this was the perfect example. So <laughs> Tony Romo is playing Summit Club at the same time that we are. So that's something Steven's excited about, but we are not. So Stephen goes. Stephen goes. He goes. Hey, he's bopping around like he's on a trampoline. You know. He's like. He's like. Hey, uh, booms. You see that uh, Tony Romo's playing here today? And Boomer goes. Good for him. So that Stephen. I think he said something else besides that. Well, that yeah, I know. It had something to be right. Exactly. So, well, the way you were reacting was like a schoolgirl, for yeah. God's sake. Like you were going to go get his uh, autograph or something. So then well, it's. Like, cause you, got, you guys left the halfway house. I was the only one in there. And the guy's like, is that Boomer size? And I'm like, yeah, that's Boomer. He's like, oh, that's so cool. And Tony Romo was just here, too. So he gave me some of that energy. And then I, you totally took it from me. <laughs> right, right. Sucked it right out. So then, so when Boomer goes, oh, well, yeah, good for him. So. So in that moment, now that Stephen has not gotten a reaction he wanted, he feels sort of like in a weird spot and it's just awkward in his building. Then he starts his cough. So this is from my perspective. This is what happens. Ready? Hey, uh, boom. <laughs> See, uh, Tony Romo's here. Good for him. <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing. That's another thing I've never noticed. Yo, yeah, I'm telling you, man, you got to work on it. <laughs> I will work. <laughs> you got to work on it. He's got his anxiety, man. For sure. And then, like, he's like, he'll just be behind you, and you don't know, you know. You know, and the other weird thing. So we're at this Summit Club, which is like one of the most beautiful places you could ever go to. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So we're sitting at the bar. 
doing what we always do, having a couple of Casamigos. And right, some after, after the round. After the round. Chopping it up, yeah. Right, so Steven joins us. It's uh-huh. great. Yeah. I'm like, where's Chris, Allie's boyfriend? I'm like, where the hell is Chris? <laughs> so much so, I texted Allie and said, give me Chris's number. We lost him at the golf course. don't know where he is. <laughs> no clue where he is. So we are sitting in there for, what would you say? Half an hour. Good half an hour. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, we would have stayed even longer. Yeah, of course. There yeah. was a very good chance we were just going to sleep there. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, it was that it was that enjoyable. And uh, so we go out into the the car, and Chris is sitting in the back seat of the car for like a half an hour. <laughs> just sitting in the car for half an hour. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? Hey, come on, join the club here. Enjoy yourself. Come I mean, on. I mean, the club couldn't have been any nicer. I oh mean, yeah. They couldn't they couldn't have made us feel yeah any more a part of their club? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, just uh, it's, remar- it was a, it's a remarkable place, man. Look at, look, at, look at the beautiful shots of it. Oh my! I mean, gosh. it is you. You can't appreciate it because it's desert golf, but it's also mountain desert golf. And in the foreground are these mountains that have they're snow capped. Yeah, it, it's a remarkable place. It it's, really is. It's pure, uh, pure heaven on earth. I gotta it say, it uh, it really is. So yeah. So Stephen, uh, a couple things just to work on. Uh, <laughs> one, the ball marker thing. Two, the nervous cough. <laughs> And three, the the bopping around, you know that that's another thing that I think is just makes people uncomfortable. Is the you do a lot of bopping, you know? I was having fun. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> all. It's all good. And also, Stephen, w- when you're with Boomer, you don't have to go spend two hundred dollars in the shop because you're going to get a swag bag. I would have loved to have given a heads up about that. <laughs> there, oh no! Wait a minute! Time there out. was a heads up. There was a heads up. Uh, well, yeah, remember when we gave our sizes? <laughs> to Boomer? Yeah, I, you I think was that expecting was maybe one, maybe one T-shirt or maybe one shirt. Not what we got. Yeah. Steve, oh, well, I. Why do you think I asked for the sizes? For one T-shirt? I, I didn't know. How long have you been I, doing this show? <laughs> do you ever get one T-shirt? I mean, come on. I've never been at a place like that with you guys. So, I, so I, I, <laughs> Steven comes back from the pro shop. He's got this bag. He's like, he's like man. Bopping like, along. Really? He goes, We're really? Bopping along. He's bopping like, along. He's bopping along. He's like, he's really, really expensive in that pro shop, you know. I just spent, you know, $200 on a sweatshirt and probably like, you know, like $1,000 total. But, hey, man, it's worth it. <laughs> he goes, we go to our bags in the car. There's a giant shopping bag that says Stephen Waltron on it, totally free. Yeah, by the way, why do you think they asked you your name on the driving range? I I didn't ask him why. <laughs> All right. We're at G.O. on the fan. This is CBS Sports Network. Oh, my God. Got to take a break. Got to get to Jerry. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. 
As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Boomer Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network, live from the Win Blue Wire Studios. One more day before we head back to the beautiful New York and New Jersey and tri-state area where there will be a wind that kicks us right in the nuts. We've got Jerry Recco back with us, and he's got an update. What's going on, Jerry? <laughs> We're brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. You sound very excited to come back. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, I know. We, had, we were just talking about this week and how great it was. Everything worked out perfectly. So, and of course, we want to get home. You know, we want to be home. But it's just like to leave this this world that we were in to go back to twelve inches of snow is just perfect. It's been like it's it's been like fantasy land, yeah, actually. Yeah, no. It really, I, mean, I haven't really had a chance to go out too much. I mean, you know, I've been trying to get as much sleep as yeah, I can. Yep. But the times that we were able to spend doing what we want to do, going out to dinner, going to play golf, all those types of things. I mean, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't have been happier with no, the trip. No, absolutely. Back to life, back to reality. <laughs> yeah. Back to life, back to reality. I'm just trying to be like Tony Romo. Well, we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna get to him in just a moment. Okay. First, we'll get to Jim Nance and the game winner last night in the Super Bowl. First and goal. Mahomes swings it. It's there. Hartman, jackpot, Kansas City. Yeah, there you go. The jackpot Kansas City, which I think was also Brent, who used to do jackpot baby when he was calling the uh, the Raiders out there in Vegas. And well, that's why, you know, Jim actually, I, I saw Jim during the weekend. I think he told the story last night on the game. I, I think he I did. heard him say it. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah, because he, he had dinner with uh, Brent Musburger yeah. on Monday out here. And he, this was like an ode to Brent Musburger for Jim Nance. Yep. I'm talking about him going to the Hall, you should be yeah. in the Hall of Fame and the NFL today and how great it was. And I know CBS ran a feature, but it was way earlier in the day um, about Al, your favorite saying, you are looking live. That's what they called it, but I didn't get to see it because they aired it a little I watched early. some of that before we left for the game. It was very, very good. I actually have a couple of tidbits from it that I was going to bring up later but uh yeah very good very did you cool. see the uh did you see the pieces on Norma Hunt who passed away of course and then Al Davis 
I did not. They actually hired, they hired, CBS hired actors to recreate the Al Davis discussions with Amy Trask. And then we had Amy Trask on afterwards talking about it. It was fascinating. And the actors who were, were, you know, doing the Al Davis and the John Madden and everything. I mean, it looked like you were right in the, mm. in the offices listening to those guys go over the things that they had gone over. And for a long time, I didn't even know this. Al Davis thought that there was a conspiracy against the Raiders, of course, <laughs> because they lost a lot of these games before they finally won their first Super Bowl. And he was holding it against, uh, you know, the, the NFL. And if you remember, he sued and won in court an antitrust case and everything else. He was a, he was a pain in the neck to the rest of the NFL. But I thought they did a great job of just capturing the spirit of the Raiders while they were being run and owned by Al Davis. And speaking of conspiracies, I know a lot of people think that this whole thing is scripted, which obviously is nonsense. But if you really think that, then you would not have gotten that defensive holding call uh, on the Chiefs in overtime that allowed uh, the Niners to continue that drive on that uh, third down play. Yep. Um, So the Chiefs win uh, 25-22 in OT. That was the game winner from Jim Nance on CBS. Uh, It went to McCall Hardman. This was the uh, the quote you were referencing last hour, Boomer, about Hardman. How about that game winner? Hey, I ain't gonna lie, man. (laughs) I caught that pass and I blacked out. (laughs) So obviously with you guys there on CBS, um, here was Andy Reid, also courtesy of CBS. What does this win mean to you? Man, I don't know, but I'm gonna celebrate it with these people right here, man. Hey, on three, one, two, three. How about those Chiefs? (laughs) Then there's Travis Kelsey. When in Vegas, do as the... Vegasinians do, <laughs> uh, as he is doing his best performance. She's kingdom! Y'all hear this? We've been fighting for all right all day. How about a little Viva Las Vegas? Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Viva Las Vegas! Jesus. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> Is he living his best life for what? Yeah, I would think so. Yep. I think Mike does it better than Travis yeah, Kelsey. He might. He's more he's more on tune. Viva Las Vegas. Oh yeah. Uh Kelsey had nine catches for ninety-three yards in the game. Most of that after halftime, where he had one for one. Here was after pa- yelling at his head coach. He, well, he did do that. That is true. Here was uh Patrick Mahomes on getting the win. He's also the Super Bowl MVP again. Yeah, it means the world. Just um the, the whole family of Kansas City and Chiefs Kingdom is special. Um, Brittany's a great a great wife with two great kids. I can't ask for anything better than this, man. We're Super Bowl champs. Kansas City, I'll see y'all uh, at the parade. Let's do it, baby. Uh, by the way, and the parade will be Wednesday. I saw a video. I don't... It wasn't exactly specific as to when this was, maybe Saturday night or last night after the game. I don't know, but there's a video out there of Mahomes' brother trying to get through security yes. to get to Brittany's stable, and they won't let her go or let him go, and she looks yeah. like get this loser out of here. <laughs> yep, you did described it perfectly. That's exactly uh, what it looks like. By the way, good for Brittany. She's going to be on the cover. I, I thought Sports Illustrated went under. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but she's sure. going to be uh, on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit is, issue. Is that right? Apparently so. Oh, you know. Uh, here's Kyle Shanahan. So we played last hour uh, the idea of taking the ball to start overtime. Well, he was asked about it a couple of times. Here was another take. We decided before just, you know, 
the way we we're going to go, just discussing it. We don't have a lot of experience in that, and our biggest thing was we knew both teams were going to get the ball at least once. Um, so we wanted to make sure if we won the toss, we wanted to we wanted to be the th- the team who got it the third time. Which he said uh, in the clip we played last hour as well. But there was no third time because while they kicked a field goal, the Chiefs had the touchdown, and that be that. They also had some mistakes along the way. You had the it's not really a muff punt because the ball hit the uh, the other player in the foot, and then you had uh, Ray Ray McLeod trying. What are to jump you hoping on. for? A muff. <laughs> And Muff then, busters. <laughs> <laughs> then you also had the extra point after they had taken the lead. Uh, the extra point got blocked. Here was uh, Shanahan. I saw the ball bounce and um, it hit off Luter. And so, I mean, yelling Peter, I don't know. I can't hear it out there. So it looks like he didn't hear it either. And the ball took a bad bounce and got him. And um, I didn't actually see what happened on the blocked field goal. I'm not sure there. Um but yeah, those are some tough plays. Yeah, tough plays for sure. And Romo mentioned that too—that you yell Peter to get away from the ball. Well, why, yeah, why like sometimes everybody's a little bit different. Some teams yell poison, and or some teams will yell a, a specific word that that kind of cuts through everything that's happening around you. But I don't know. In this case, I don't know how he Peter. gets out of the way. I really don't. <laughs> Peter, oh, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't cutting through anything. <laughs> Only cutting Peter. through us right now. <laughs> By the way, the story you told of him yelling at the listener was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I was not having it. <laughs> Pretty funny. Um, all right, along the way, a couple of other things. First, we'll give you, <laughs> we'll give you Kevin Harlan on Westwood One. And a fan has come out on the field and running and is hit the ball was caught and the gain was to the 39 and they have stopped play with security all over the interlopers <laughs> and we have stopped play two were on the field 519 third quarter Those are the streakers he's giving you all the time the guy is drunk <laughs> <laughs> yes and uh, they obviously stopped the game briefly they did not show Lord, up now they're cuffing him but pull up his drawers, whatever you do. <laughs> I, 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 I got to tell you, Kevin hates those people. Well, he describes I mean, it he, very well, though. I, he does, but I you don't really ever hear any other announcer describe it the way he does with such disgust in his voice. <laughs> You're right. You know? That is very true. Well, he, he, he I hates. hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a night in the clink coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, then there's Romo. You talk about what he was doing while he was uh, announcing the game. Here was his Hulk Hogan impersonation, I suppose. Clotheslines him like wow, Hulkster. Here's All his Hulkamaniacs are excited right now as he takes down James. Wow, that was a hit. You could hear it from up here. <laughs> yes, you could. And then this is subtle, but he sings his way to break at one point. Well, we're halfway through the second quarter. All we have on the board is a field goal. Take it to the commercial there, Mr. Romo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's having a good time. What can I tell you? <laughs> he was having a good time. So there you go. That ends the NFL season. The Chiefs champions yet again. NBA tonight. The Knicks take on the Rockets. Uh, Seton Hall lost big to Villanova 80-54. to There was some... 
shenanigans at the uh, the Waste Management final round of Phoenix Open. Nick Taylor beat Charlie Hoffman on the second playoff hole, but I got a couple of clips here. So Billy Horschel, I forget who he's playing with, but it uh, doesn't matter. The point is the guy starts yelling as these, his playing partner is in the middle of a swing. So Horschel, not having it, yells back at the fan. Bill, watch a shot. Okay, so he's was that was that Zach Johnson? No, 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 no I'm, getting to, I'm getting to that. Yeah. That was Billy oh. Horschel. Oh, okay. Then the fans start laughing at Horschel and tell them to suck bleep. You can figure out <laughs> what they, what they want him to suck. Uh, so they weren't happy <laughs> <at> with him. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I were those guys, I'd leave for live. Uh, they might. <laughs> then there's Zach Johnson, who was that's being... That's my D. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they said. Um, actually, it was a C. Um, then there's Zach Johnson, who was being heckled by the by the fans. No, don't, don't sir me. Somebody said it. I'm, I'm just sick of it. Just shut up. <laughs> so, that's you know, usually... It's amazing. I, I will say this. The Waste Management Open... It's always been a lot of fun, especially the 16th hole. It gets a little rowdy. Yep. But I'm personally, for me, and maybe it's just my age now, I'm sick of it. Well, I mean, it's got. I can't stand it. It's completely out of control. Yeah. It's, and you see the people that are sliding down the hill, that big, like 400 pound guy slid down with no shirt on. Some guys were pouring beer over his head. I mean, it's just. It's, 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 it's like a first house. That, it, it is. It, well, yeah. so it's, well, it's just the worst of. Of of us, that's all I'm saying. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, this is, it's idiots. Yep. I mean, I get the whole 16th, you know, the cheering <laughs> and the yelling. That's one thing. But all this other crap that's going on. I mean, Gee, maybe just, we figured out how to get a bo- under Boomer skin when we're playing now. Play <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with no shirt on. Start oh, chugging God. beers on the course. <laughs> yeah, yelling in his backswing. <laughs> uh, the Rangers take on the Flames tonight and the Devils host the Kraken. All right, thanks, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Super Bowl 58 complete. The Chiefs win again. It is a full-blown dynasty. I want to tell this story because it was uh, came out of nowhere, really, on Friday night, where I get a text that ESPN... Sunday NFL countdown would like to have me on because of the whole Randy Moss saga that we had earlier in the week with Al Dukes mistaking the black Randy Moss Moss for the white Randy Moss. So Randy Moss, the real Randy Moss, is on Sunday NFL countdown on ESPN. So they wanted to do play the 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 segment and then and have me on and uh, it ended up working out great. So they were at the stadium. There was a chance that I was going to be there but just the way that it worked out i ended up in the hotel room on zoom so sam ponder was the only one who knew what was going on so the rest of the panel it was uh, alex smith teddy bruski randy moss and rex ryan so they play about 45 seconds of the show the hey what's uh randy promoting you know oh, something to do with horse racing are you sure <laughs> and they play this whole thing so then they come out of that clip and they are just cracking up the whole panel and rex ryan turns to randy he goes "Goes randy i just have one question man who do you like at the fourth at aqueduct <laughs> you know and randy's like man i don't know man i don't so uh 
So then Sam Ponder goes, you know, I kind of felt bad for uh, for that Greg Giannotti on Boomer and Geo. So uh, we we invited him on the show. So then I pop up on the screen and the rest of the panel has no idea. And Randy's cracking up. They're all cracking up. And I, there's a still shot that that Funhouse actually got for me where I first pop up on the screen and the whole panel is like laughing and their arms up in the air. It's really cool. And uh, Sam Ponder goes, all right, you got you, you got your shot. You can ask Randy Moss a question now. <laughs> so I go, I go to him and, uh, oh, they got some video. Oh, CBS does have video of it. Okay, great. That's, uh, I didn't know if they got that or not. So, uh, I said, uh, I said 2015 Grace Bay Club, Turks and Caicos. You remember talking <laughs> fishing with me in the water? And he goes, uh, he goes, man, no, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, he should have lied to you and told you <laughs> yeah. that he did remember. Exactly. I agree. He, you, look, he hurt your feelings and everything now. <laughs> no, no, no. embarrassed. No, he did not. So okay. I did, but I, but I held up the picture and said, well, I got evidence right here. And he, uh, they all cracked up with that as well. So it, 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 it couldn't have worked out better. Uh, Steven, if you could send me that, because I don't have any, I don't have any evidence that this happened. Look at you and Randy Moss side by side. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. When I retire, maybe Randy wants to take this, this seat. Right. <laughs> you think he's going to do five days a week at New York sports and grind it out like, like, like you are? No way in hell. Um, no. That was actually, that was great, man. I was, I was, when uh, you told me that was happening. Yeah. I was like, you know, that's, that's the kind of crossover stuff that should be happening, but sometimes doesn't happen because the companies just, for whatever reason, don't want talent sharing. Whatever information, suppose like we got the nuclear codes or something. Yeah, and that worked out great. It did. I had the Viking sweatshirt on, and then I, when I when I held up that picture, Randy was like doing a fist pump in the air. <laughs> he thought it was great. I mean, I it, it couldn't have gone. It couldn't have gone better. So it was uh, it was very good. And that I mean that that story and the way that that worked out was one of the bigger stories of Super Bowl week. Everybody knew about that situation. Uh, it was it, it was tremendous. So I'm glad it, that that whole mistake. I wanted Al to. I asked Al at the dinner when I found out about this. Like, you want to like pop out from behind and be like, you know, wave during the spot. But uh, it was uh, it was cool. But I I tell you, man, that like TV like that. I I what you guys deal with like live television. When I just get like a little taste of that. Well, you're on live television every day. You know what I'm talking about, though. Like when when it's a situation. <clears throat> this is the radio show. They simulcast it. All right. When they have all those elements going and yes. this throwing back the Bristol and this and that. So like I had. I was on a Zoom with the with the producer of NFL Countdown, who was just awesome. He reminded me of Howie Denneroff. You know, Howie Denneroff, yes. Westwood One. Like, it's just organized chaos. So he just has everything going on. So I'm in this Zoom, like just waiting to do this, you know, silly Randy Moss thing. And there's like technical difficulties going on, and he's like pointing and going crazy. Like, I got, it. I got it. We, we got it here. Ten, nine. All right, move it. Hold, hold on, Gio. We'll be right with you. Okay, no problem. Right? Like, Five, <laughs> four, three. I told you, I got it. I was like, oh my god. How do these guys do this? But isn't that Stephen Waldron? No. No way. I think Stephen Waldron does that when he's bopping around. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, this guy was in no, this this whoever that guy was was like a the top of the top of the business of of producing. And I love Steven, but you know, he's just bopping around making people so, feel uncomfortable and so, fake coughing. So it's kind of interesting. You talk about producers, directors, and the whole thing. So Drew Kaliski behind the scenes is the guy that is directing everything that's going on on the NFL Super Bowl today, if you will. And there's so many different moving parts to that. You know, like 
you had Ian at the stadium with yeah. his guys. You had us over at the Bellagio. Then we then we're flipping. Those guys are going somewhere else. They're out on the field. They're doing their walk. I mean, it's 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 amazing to follow all of this. Then you have all the inserts that you have to do. All the interstitials that are the commercials. Like Phil and I did the Caveman. And then JB did uh, Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. and then JB and uh, Bill did Into It. I think Tax, whatever. But the, all of those elements have to be put together, and then you're never really sure how much time you're going to have for a segment, especially when you're doing a Super Bowl because you have all the pregame festivities, then you have the halftime festivities, yeah. And then halftime, like I told you last night, they had us sitting there saying, "Okay, look, man, if they can't get the stage off, they can't get the field clean." There may be a spot where we have to fill like two and a half minutes. Yeah. And so we're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. So, yeah, I can appreciate what that producer was doing because right at the end of our four-hour extravaganza. Yep. You know, JB. You had JB in here. JB's a big teddy bear. Oh, yeah. Nice guy. Handles it. He is like, he is, I don't know. He's the ultimate point guard. Mm. And there's a there was a little bit of a snafu there right before we were getting off the air. And JB kind of snapped at Drew a little bit, you know, Ooh. because Drew was snapping at JB or something. I don't know what was happening, but that that's the intensity of it, you know, and Drew comes into the green room afterwards. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. You know, and then, of course, we're all making fun of him, <laughs> you know, because coach every now snaps every now and again, Phil snaps or all snap. But it's part of just the intensity and just so much fun to, to be a part of something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, from all accounts, the broadcast was awesome. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I know that CBS just had everything locked down, man. Just awesome the entire week from the Bellagio to here, the pregame show to multiple sets. I just thought they, they caught, they really did capture what Las Vegas is about. And if you watched it anyway, you guys didn't see it, but we were watching it. Any of the aerial shots of the city of Vegas with that, um, with the sphere. Yeah. It was, they were remarkable last night because there was such a clear night last night, yeah. as you were saying, but they looked beautiful and that was just, just enhances the whole experience for the person at home watching. <laughs> For the Build Ford Tough Studio, the traveling Build Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network after Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Logistics, man, you love a logistics situation. Yep, this has been uh, it's been interesting trying to figure out you know the bag situation and. Uh, Eddie is in rare Eddie form right now, trying to get everything uh, nailed down. Well, so I appreciate his attention to detail. Here, here's the thing. So pretty much all week, everything that we've expected to have happen has happened. Yeah. So that means you're feeling like something bad is going to happen. I, I just like there's like loose ends right now about bags and stuff and where they're going, where they're not going. And it's still early for us right now. Yeah. We still have another good hour before I would start to get really ticked off and annoyed. <laughs> so I'm not getting to that point, except for Eddie, for some reason, is like all in my face over this. And he's not quite understanding <clears throat> what you're saying. Get this guy involved. Get that guy involved. Drop the bags. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not getting 57 people involved. You may do that in your normal life, but we ain't doing that here. <laughs> we are making sure that those bags are never leaving your site and wherever you're taking those bags, 
you will be taking those bags directly there. So when we take off, we're out of here. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we would like this to have. This isn't like, you know, like, hey, yeah, whatever happens. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. This is the last day. We all got to make sure we're out of here on time. We got a snowstorm coming and we just can't be like relaxed about this. Yeah. I mean, should I go get the baggage cart now? Or should I wait? Or should no? And so is in the, the car to the airport to the bellhop to the. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I understand now. I was trying to be proactive and trying to help look. out. Oh, wait. Here he is. Here's Lee right now. There you go. See? <laughs> The I timing mean, of that was absolutely <laughs> perfect. That was great. After all that, just a guy fell off. So now, please go out there, talk yes, to Lee, ask him where Gio and I can send our bags, or should we just take our bags with us? Right. And and Dave, the driver. We, we, we will contact him. and I'll Yeah, get he's around here with our bags. Yeah, by the way, he's a... He's a helicopter pilot, so he's got his act together. That guy is rock solid. Now, so you talk about situations, right, that happen. So when we were coming back from the AFC Championship game, I told a story about an issue that happened to us in, at the Baltimore train station. <laughs> we walk in there, we run into people. People want to fight. Everybody wants to talk, this, that, you know, thing, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. We come back to this Virgin Hotel last night. There's one freaking elevator working in the four elevator banks in the in the side of the hotel we're staying in. Yeah. So F Phil and his wife and daughter, I mean, uh, sister-in-law, are in the elevator area, the lobby. They're kind of in the front. Then there's about five, six, seven people behind them. Then there's me. And, and then there's a bunch of people behind me. And then in comes Coach and Jonathan Jones. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, there's a guy... In the middle of the elevator lobby, smack dab in the middle of it, just screaming about how the Chiefs suck, how Taylor Swift sucks, and F this and F that. I mean, it was just nonstop. And I'm looking at Phil, and Phil's looking at me, and then Phil says to me, hey, boom, we only got one elevator. And I think Phil said that because I think he was trying to get the guy who was F and this and F and that and all this other crap to understand that. Phil Sims and Boomer Esiason are here. Stop acting like a jackass. That's kind of the feeling that I got. Okay. And then Jonathan Jones, our insider, comes in. Who's not going to help in that spot. Well, though. yeah, he will. Yes, he will. I don't he know, man. Help. He does not seem like a guy who's going to get his hands dirty. So now another <laughs> guy comes in behind. Now he's like five people behind me. So I'm like smack dab in the middle of these groups of Once people. Once again, this is now back-to-back -back games and twice in a month that you have been amongst a maniac or multiple maniacs with no way out. All right, so this was multiple maniacs. One screaming about how the 49ers got screwed, and the other one being a Chief fan telling the 49er fan to shut the F up. Oh, my God. You know, and I mean, I'm thinking this is going to turn into something. Of course. Right, so I'm looking at Phil. He's looking at me. We're waiting for this freaking one elevator. One elevator is, you know, taking forever to come down. And so this is starting to build. I feel like it's building. And then all of a sudden, Coach Cower shows up. I'm going to, you know what? Coach Cower likes to engage with people at the, at the wrong time, right? So I said, let me get Coach Cower involved in this. He comes walking in. And I said, hey, Coach Cower, how, how's it going, right? You doing all right? We only got one elevator here. You know, whatever. Yeah. And as soon as I mentioned his name, 
all the football fans like stood at attention. Yep. Mm. And nobody wanted to be a jackass in front of Coach Cower. Perfect. That's so I figured great. out, there you go. That's that's the key is to have the Coach Cower in your back pocket type of situation. Well, at least with these particular fans. Because <clears throat> remember, that crazy guy in the train station, he was so nuts that nothing was stopping him. But in this situation, it, the, these guys, even though they were maniacs, they had some respect in them. They had some respect for coaching them. Somebody told me that that guy in the Baltimore train station was wearing a Cincinnati Bengals shirt. Really? I thought it was a Baltimore Orioles shirt because it was orange. Oh. I, I thought it was a Baltimore Orioles. I didn't really get a good look at it, but it may have been a Bengals shirt. I'm not sure. Yeah. But then again, like he, I, I figured he'd be yelling at me as opposed to Coach Cower. Well, Coach Cower, you said, was engaging him more, which yeah. was the that was the thing. Um, but I, I tell you, speaking of Coach... And I, uh, and they're, they're, there go the bags. Very yes. good. Uh, Very nice. There go the bags. By the way, Dave is to bring your bags over to the valet pickup. Okay, on the other side of the hotel. Correct. Okay. In between the main and the plaza shop entrance. Do you know what kind of vehicle he's looking oh. for? No, well, Lee's going to go over there now. So, I'm so who's telling Dave to do that? Lee told me to tell Dave or to tell you to tell Dave. Well, I'll Dave. tell Dave. Yeah, but... He wants your bags brought over to the valet pickup. Okay. Lee said that. All right. So how about one, this? Here. One, two, here, here, hold on. It's like I, dealing with James Brown. There's a lot of layers yeah, here. Yeah. What, how I I have Dave's number. I have it right here. Colt, but then hand right. No, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, don't. Why would you hand the phone to Eddie and call him <laughs> so Eddie um, can do? It. So you, the bags are to be <laughs> delivered to the bellhop at the front with the Lee Beck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is what we're on the air. We have to deal with this. That was the problem. All right, so hopefully this is all taken care of and Dave is awake and alert, which he is because man's rock solid. Speaking of Coach Cower, that hangover thing you guys did was was so funny and okay. so good and so well produced. But he's he needs a talking to about acting if something. What do you mean? That's not what he does. That's not what I know. We he do. Need, but I, but here's the thing: you were great. Nate was great. Phil was great. JJ was great. Coach Cower did not. He, I can't believe we lost JB. <laughs> I mean, it is, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not like we do this every day, you know. <laughs> but my point is. I know what your point is. My point is that you guys stepped it up in that yeah. spot. <clears throat> and, and and Coach Cower, you know, just I just felt like he, he I, fell I, a little I, short. What I did is I went into like my method acting and I was thinking back to April 6, 2023. When uh, we had our first Boomer and Geo live, and I just tried to recreate what I felt like the next morning. <laughs> See, exactly. Yes, it, that's what you have to do. I, I could have gotten a tattoo that night. <laughs> yes, and not knowing. <clears throat> what am I supposed <clears throat> to do with this baby? <laughs> that was a weird thing because the baby didn't show up until the end. Yeah, I know the very but, end. But yeah. you know, in the real hangover, there's a baby situation. That's why. And by the way, Is that, that a real baby. No, of course way? that's not. It's a you. it's a dummy baby, but yeah. it looks so real. I was, I was asking you. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, it was a real baby in the Hangover movie, so I thought yeah. maybe there was a chance there was a real baby here. Only a real baby in the Hangover movie when it was very short shots and the baby wasn't like mishandled or anything. No, 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 no mishandling. I mean, of the, the way that, the way our crew has been going this year, you know, I could just see Coach tripping and falling. Uh, oh no, squashing the. Oh, sorry, baby. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would actually would have been pretty funny. <laughs> would have been epic. 
Uh, yeah. So anyway, okay. So you, you were able to survive the elevator situation. You're in the middle of that whole thing. Everybody was calm. Right. And that, and that, and the hotel at the oh, worst God. time, the worst time. And then, so they go up. I mean, this, there was a ginormous guy in line. He had to be about 350. Wow. Six, seven, six, eight, 350. And I'm not fighting that guy. Now, sure. he wasn't the guy that was getting all you know, unruly. I was this other 49er fan just completely being totally oblivious to the people around him, totally inappropriate, the whole thing. So they get on the elevator. So now I'm, I'm, I'm saying, look, we're not getting on the elevator with 10 people, guys, because we're not getting stuck on this elevator. Eight people, and that's it. So now the elevator comes down about 10 minutes later. A whole pile of people come off the elevator because it's stopping at every floor. And then one guy stays on the elevator. <laughs> I'm going, why are you staying on the elevator? Because I forgot something in my room. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so now I got to count off seven. <laughs> and the poor eighth person couldn't get on the on the elevator. So they had to wait another 20 minutes. Oh. I was just like, look, man, it's too much weight on this elevator. And this is the only one that's working. We are not jamming like, you know, all of us in here so we can get stuck on the fourth floor or something. <laughs> That would have been the. I'm always uh, thinking. I'm just like there's always thinking about the top. the the potential for disaster. Yeah, I know. That's why you'd be a great insurance agent. You know, you're always thinking about what's the worst possible My thing. My dad was in con- uh, casualty insurance. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Yeah, runs in the family. I feel like it does. Yeah, but, I mean, you got you got you guys have been in the two like worst situations for you to be in, which is amongst drunk angry NFL fans with no way out. Yeah. Right. You cannot create a worse situation for you guys. Recognizable former players and coaches stuck around drunk, angry NFL fans where you have no option but to be right there at that time. All I know is that this guy was a little bit different than the guy in Baltimore. This guy was... He was pretty ripped up. Oh, was he? Yeah, and you know, he had his girlfriend there, too, and she was like, yeah, laughing at him and everything. Oh, by the way, our driver, I'm listening, got it. Bags to valet pickup. All right. Boom. <laughs> He's listening. Is that guy on top of things or what? He's, he's more than on top of things. I mean, he is as, as rock solid as you could possibly be, uh, as if he was in the, uh, the police department here as a helicopter pilot. Yes. So, and he's now retired. He knew, He knew everything about every mountain and elevation and this and that. He's he's the greatest. They gave us the MVP of drivers. Not that the other drivers weren't good. I don't know. I wasn't with them. Can't be better than Dave. No. Can't be. Be impossible. And he was there picking you up this morning. Well, yes, he was absolutely. And from the golf course, it kept my clubs and yes. And I took care of him. By the way, uh, I did. Just okay, on, that's fine. But the way that you had brought this up to us. Well, yeah. you guys have to learn. That's all. And I think now you finally have figured it out after about, what, 50 years for Al, 57 years for Eddie, and 41 years for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We're getting there. You're, you're finally getting there. And we're, we, we are getting there. We took, Eddie and I took a lift from one hotel to the other the first day we were switching hotels. Eddie gives the guy a 20 for moving one bag. I go, wow, a 20. He goes, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to do right by what, what Boomer says. So it's working a little bit. That was a little aggressive. Overdo it. Yeah, no, it was a well, little... it wasn't. Um, it wasn't one bag. It was like four bags. Well, that's a different so, story. What, what are you making that face for? Well, I told him too. Like I tip within the the Lyft app. He, that's but just was, for the drive. Oh, you could do that. Which, well, you could do. You could tip within the Lyft or the Uber app if the Uber driver does something other than just drop you off. 
I could, you know, there are those drivers that drop you off and then open the back, and then you have to go around the back and grab your crap. No, no out he of took it. everything. And out then for there us. are other yeah. guys that or gals that will drop you off, and they will get out of the car and they will help you take the bags out, and then you, you can give them a tip. Then yeah, yeah sure. but you were so in my head, so I just boom. Yeah. Well, good. You should feel good about yourself. I, I did, and then the the gal brought the refrigerator for my insulin to the room. Boom. Look at that. Tip. Oh yeah, that's See, this, right. This is working people that deserve to be thanked for the way that they do their business. Like this guy yesterday that just found you guys and well, took you guy. where you where oh. Juan was waiting for you. He was an angel. Yeah, that 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 man. He probably doesn't exist right now. Right, he just dropped out of the sky for that <laughs> moment. For Al Dukes. That was Al Dukes' guardian angel. Right, if I go back there to the Delano or Delano, whatever it's going to go with that bald Del guy. Here, Robert. They'd be like, no Robert hey, here. No. Delano. Delano. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, there's no Robert who's no. ever worked here. Mm -hmm. no. No, I don't I, know what you're talking about. When we were in Miami for one of the Super Bowls, I think it was the Super Bowl where you guys ate outside and I was inside <laughs> and my back was to you guys. Oh, yeah, at the restaurant. That? Yeah. There was a hotel there. I know we stopped there for a drink at Delano. Have you ever heard oh, of yes. Delano in Miami Beach? Correct. Yes. Okay. Same one. Same. Yeah. Same company. Oh. There's also a Fontainebleau in Miami, and now here, right? That's yeah, how you and, say. And the Fontainebleau got killed here because for two of Fiji waters and a liter of coffee, seventy-two bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, apparently, that affected them. That that viral thing that that guy. Oh yeah, out, it did. Like wow, hurt. Hurt that hotel. And that hotel is brand new. That's where I want to give that speech on Tuesday. And that place is beautiful. But, you know, they, they're gouging suck. people. <laughs> suck red blah. Suck red blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Boomer and Geo on the fan suck and CBS Sports Network. CBS Sports Network. Let's get right to Jerry because he's got so much sound from last night. Super Bowl 58 over Chiefs win again. What's up, Jerry? We are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. And we're brought to you by Jackpocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. We are already have heard from Jim Nance. We have heard from Kevin Harlan. This hour, we hear from Greg Papa, 49ers Radio. Chiefs beating the Niners in overtime on this play. Seven seconds, six. They are going to snap it. Mahomes going to roll to his right. Throws. Touchdown. The Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. Nicole Hardman. As they roll Mahomes right, Nicole Hardman is wide open. And the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Back-to-back -back years. Another heartbreaking loss for Kyle Shanahan. Dang it! <laughs> <I guess> that, <laughs> you know, not that I have anything against Kyle Shanahan or any of those guys, because I don't. I, I think they're terrific. I think Brock Purdy's terrific. And they're going to be good because <clears throat> they don't have to pay their quarterback that much money. You know what? I know how that feels. <laughs> the hands of the 49ers. Yep, that is true. So, <laughs> <laughs> different guys, though. Different different regime. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I, you know, know. But still the 49ers. Still the Niners. 25-22, yeah. mm, the final in overtime with that play. Here was Andy Reid, Chiefs head coach, another Super Bowl win. Yeah, it's a little bit surreal. Like, uh, I mean, back to back is um, rare for this football team and this organization. So, um, it, it's uh, you know, I got asked so many times is it a dynasty? I don't know what a dynasty I mean, you guys you're the, you know, you have the thesaurus. So, I mean, you've figured out. But All right, speaking of figuring out. Oh, you know it what out. it is. What did they, they play, like 41 games over the last two years? 
playoff lot, games. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, total games. Total games. Oh. I don't, right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of games. And three yep, Super Bowl championships t- in five years. Yep. And, they, and they've won the two Super Bowls during 17-game seasons. All true. How about that? Those are 16-game seasons. Yep, makes it even harder. Uh, a lot of questions about the Kelsey bump along the sideline in the first half when things weren't going well. Here was Reed on that. He caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He, cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. Um, he was really coming over just go, just put me in. I'll score. I'll score. You know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So, I listen, I appreciate him. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I that's the that's the most aggressive I've ever seen a player bump into a coach and yell in his face. Well, Taylor was in the house, man. He didn't really get to touch the ball up to that point. Yeah, I know. There was one point he had, he had one catch for five yards, whatever it was. But, I mean, I understand that these guys have a very cr- close relationship and they love one another and stuff like that happens. But with that being said, that's still the most aggressive player-to-coach interaction I've seen in the NFL. You know, they were talking about the night before and how the leaders uh, and Travis being one of them all... Um, Talk to the team. You know, he runs a lot in front of the cameras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. He, if you look, he, he'll wait till the graphic is up, and then he sprints by. No, he's a smart guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, but anyway, so Travis gave this impassioned speech the night before that everybody was talking about after the game, or even before the game, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But uh, they had three I, I just, points at halftime. I know. I know. I know. But I, I would just say, like that, that just didn't look good on the sideline. And I know he was frustrated. Everybody gets frustrated. I think A.J. Brown tweeted, said, if that were me on my sideline, I'd be kicked out of the NFL. He's probably not wrong. That's a little extreme, but we'd be killing him today. He's probably true. Yeah, I didn't think it was, you know, look, it just had a bad look. You know, Andy's 60, like I thought, 65 years old. He's not in great shape. And it looked, I mean, could you imagine if he would have fallen down? Oh, God. It was close. I mean, in the way that he was yelling in his face, I think even looked worse than the bump. Like he was really screaming at him. But hey, I, I know that those, I, there's no issue between those two guys, and we know that. Um, but that was just, it was I, just over the top. It kind of reminded me, Al, when you went to the elevator, played uh, molecules. <laughs> yeah, you caught me off guard. I did catch you off guard, totally off guard. You broke. But off. we're good, right? Oh no, we're good. <laughs> yep. I yeah. went to the ER that day, and now we're we're all good. Yep. You that went to the emergency room. Broken rib, right, Al? No, no, no. Car- cartilage uh, popped and popped back in, and that hurt me. <laughs> but I was okay. But they said that's what the injury was: cartilage popped out, popped back in where it should go. But that that uh, impact really threw me off. And when we got into that elevator and we were playing molecules, what did you think? Well, there were so what many other. We were doing. There were other people in there. I didn't know why it was a gang attack on me. I guess. <laughs> <it's> the- <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I saw a uh, quote tweet of that video of Kelsey bumping into Andy Reid, and it said, "This is what happens when you mix your ninth COVID booster with Bud Light." By the way, man, I guess Bud Bud must have spent a ton of money on they, advertising. They had some. Yeah, they had some pretty good commercials. So did Michelob Ultra, yeah. by the way. But I guess, like, you know, people forget, I, I think Peyton Manning is a Bud distributor he has down, to like, be. in Louisiana. He has to be. Yeah, he had so, a big So part. not only is he getting paid to do the endorsements, he's, right. get, he's getting paid to try to save the business. Yeah, pretty much. And your guy Marino was in that Michelob Ultra commercial with uh, Little Messi, yep, which was also right. pretty good. I think he was also in the M&M's commercial, which was about runner-ups. 
<laughs> guys that don't win, which is pretty funny. I'm Boomer Esiason. <laughs> you were not in it. You know Although what? Although your Geico won. commercial was I've won fantastic. because I work with you idiots. <laughs> what? Guys, your Geico commercial with Phil with the caveman was very funny. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. Well, Jerry's just sucking up to you. You're not even loving here. the booms today. I, I, I did. I thought you had a great day. I thought you had a great day. And you're 2,000 miles away. Anyway, uh, here's Patrick Mahomes. We knew when we got to overtime, we had this thing. I mean, that's a great football team. But once we got, they stopped and held them to a field goal, our mindset was go win the game right here. Uh, we went, once we got that ball, we, we fell short in regulation. We're not going to let it do it again. We're going to go out there and win the game. Defense got the stop, um, and we were able to do that. All right, so remember a couple of hours ago we played the clip. I figured out maybe it was Armstead that said they had no idea what the rules were. And I guess it has come out that several of the Niners didn't know the overtime rules. So you tell me, as great as Kyle Shanahan is, how badly was he outcoached here? This is Chris Jones, uh, which I just found before I came in here, talking about overtime. And not only did the Chiefs know what the rules were, but they were ready for it. Um, this was sometime at the uh, podium last night post game. Two weeks. For two weeks, we talked about the new overtime rule and how we was going um Get a ball to the opponent. If we uh, if they score, we was going for two at the end of the game. We kind of rehearsed it, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about that? that oh, that's man. awesome, and that would have been mean, something. You know, that also shows you the depth of which. I mean, like every, you expect every coach to do this with their team. You don't know who's paying attention, who's not paying attention. Sometimes these meetings, I'm, I guarantee you, Kyle. Shanahan went over this. Maybe it just flew over the heads of some people. Right. But but maybe Andy Reid is just that much more far, forceful in his meetings and make sure everybody understands. And by the way, you know this this whole plastic thing and recycling and all that other stuff and get rid of the plastic bottles and all that stuff. So out here in Vegas, they've gotten rid of a lot of plastic bottles. There's still some. But instead, they replace them with these aluminum things. Yeah, yep, that's right. But saw Beyonce having one during the game. <laughs> I mean, what are you supposed to do with the, the aluminum <laughs> things? Al can answer I don't know. this. No, they, there's not even any recycling bins anywhere in Las Vegas. Oh. And not that it matters because we've seen many documentaries that show all the recycling just gets thrown into the regular trash. <laughs> yeah, it's because China doesn't want the plastic right. anymore. China. Yeah. <laughs> We have a friend of China. China, vagina. China. Yeah. yeah, that's right. No, we had some inside information about the uh, China vagina China. garbage. Yeah, vagina. Vagina. China. What kind what? of inside information do you have about it? We have all sorts of inside information when it comes to garbage. Yeah, waste management, where it goes, why it goes to certain places, stuff like that. Yeah, we got a whole, a whole education on that. It's, it's, it's something that the general public just does not want to know anything about. Yep, just take my they're garbage told, on this particular day, and that's that. They're being told things by people that are not true. Mm. Let's put it that way. Mm. So we're wasting Fair. our time we putting know in the, the different colored bins? It, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Kind of, I, I stopped doing that after that conversation we had. <laughs> yeah. so why am I going to keep going out to the curb? Just like twice a day, all the stuff goes out. It's one, big, big, one big waste of time. Exactly. Hmm. I can go. Sounds good, though. Yeah, it makes you feel better makes about you feel yourself, better, yeah. but it's all bull crap. All right, couple from the Niners. Here's Christian McCaffrey. Sucks to lose. Got to battle through now. I'm always motivated. Now, right now, it just stings, but um, it's life, man. Life's tough. And, you know, bad things happen, and 
it's all about how you respond, but right now, it sucks. Now, he, I know he fumbled early, but he also ran for 80 yards and had eight catches for 80 yards. So, Oh, he would have been the MVP yeah. had they won. And yes. I, yeah, and I was with you. I took uh, Isaiah Pacheco as MVP, um, and, well, that didn't happen, but it might have been him. He had fumbled, to too. Game. Yep. Uh, yeah, he did. He had, and he also had that pitch to start the um, the second half that went off his shoulder. So he had a tough day for sure. Isaiah Pacheco, yeah. Yes. Uh, here was Brock Purdy. Not 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 good. Obviously, their offense is, is really good. Mahomes is really good, and just don't want to give an opportunity, you know, um, to go down and win the game off off touchdown. So um, when I wasn't able to connect with him, it just it hurt. It hurt. Yes, it did. And so that's that. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl champions yet again, and it was Mahomes that was the MVP. Now, I know I've um, sucked up to you a little bit here today, but I'm just being honest. Uh, So I've talked about several of the guys had some issues. I thought Sims was good yesterday, um, but he did it. This is all over the place, which is why I'm playing it. Um, His pick in the beginning of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. This was a little bit odd. You know, I'm going to go with the underdog, and I know everybody Kansas City, even though they're favored, because everybody has been picking San Francisco. But I'm going to take Kansas City in a high-scoring game, 31-27. to 27. I'm sorry, San Francisco, 31-27 to 27 <laughs> over Kansas City. Oh. <laughs> what? what? It was so weird. <laughs> I'm watching it, and he's talking about how he's going to take San Francisco, and then they put the graphic up that he's taking Kansas, or whatever it was, vice versa. The wrong graphic goes up. Someone must have told him in his ear, you would know better than us. Well, and I then, drew. Yes. You, you picked you pick San Francisco! <laughs> Apparently he I changed his mind. <laughs> so, that video is all over the place. Um, that happens. People ask me, who'd you pick for a Super Bowl? And I say, I don't know. I have no idea, actually. <laughs> well, he just changed his mind. What are you going to do? Um, then there was this. So, since you were on ESPN. That's kind of cool. So we'll hear from these people. This was before the game yesterday. Uh, Adam Schefter is on with Sam Ponder and Rex Ryan's there and whoever else is on uh, that panel. Here was Schefter confirming Mike Zimmer to the Cowboys, which I think we had on Thursday or Friday, I believe it was, as reports stated. This past week, the Dallas Cowboys went ahead and hired Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. He rejoins the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, nothing surprising there. That's kind of what we heard the other day. Then he would go on to talk about how their own guy, Sexy Rexy, uh, was in the mix. Obviously, they talked to a wide number of candidates like our own Rex Ryan, and I can tell you this, they loved Rex. They were highly impressed with Rex. Rex made quite a mark on the Jones family. Right, but he didn't get the job because it's going to Mike Zimmer. Sam Ponder, happy Rex ain't going anywhere. I just keep getting offended because everyone tries to take you away from us, okay? It's, Nobody it's, does. It's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> we love right. having you right. here. All right, so, so far, we're all good, you right? Know, you, know, you know what it should be? It should be like, hey, Rex, we're, we're, I'm offended because you keep going for these jobs. You, you don't like working with us? Well, all right, so hold on a second. So it sounds like everything is in line. Mike Zimmer to the Cowboys. Mike Zimmer, it's a done deal. And then Rex comes out with this. I can honestly say right here, first off, I'm not so sure that Zimmer's got that job right now. Not real sure about that. Um, I can honestly say I'm, uh, I, I'm, I don't believe that's a fact right now. Weird. So, so what, 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 what is the fact? I don't know. I, that, that was yesterday. So I don't know if anything has come out since. He went on to say how he actually doesn't interview for many jobs because people don't call. He calls them. And he called the Cowboys because he thinks they're ready to win and it's a good spot. But it started with him talking about how I'm not so sure Mike Zimmer has that job. 
So, yeah, I mean, that could be a situation where maybe they haven't told Rex yet and they've told Zimmer and then Zimmer's people told Schefter or they said wait to the Super Bowl after the Super Bowl to announce it. And Rex is sort of in the dark about it. I don't know. That's a little messy. Seems it, a little messy to me. It was. It was uh, even watching it seemed he seemed like he was surprising them by saying what he said. So who knows? We shall see. I don't know that the Cowboys have officially announced anything, but those were the reports as of late last week. You've got the Knicks playing the Rockets tonight. The Knicks 33 and 20. The Rockets 23 and 29. Kyle Lowry, I believe, signed with the Knicks uh, over the weekend. I know they've dropped three or four, but again, they're a mash unit right now, so not really fair. Uh, NHL tonight, the Rangers take on the Flames. You've got the Devils playing the Kraken, and it was Nick Taylor that beat Charlie Hoffman's second playoff hole to win the Waste Management Open in Arizona. You sure Kyle Lowry signed with the Knicks? Did he not sign with the Knicks? I thought he signed with the uh, Sixers. Oh, is that yeah, true? Sixers. Uh, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, Kyle Lowry signing with the Sixers as the Knicks are getting set to take on the Rockets tonight. The Knicks now 33-20, and 20, but you know, a little banged up, but they're going to figure it out here. Jalen Brunson back. Yeah, Jerry, I was going to say... You are having an unbelievable morning. You are killing it this morning. You've been all over it. Good day. Very good It's okay. It's okay. You made a mistake. It's fine. I apologize. made a little mistake. What are you going to do? It sucks. Uh, This is what I want to know, though. If if our man Big Zoo wants to take it to the next level here. I brought up uh, that I didn't think he signed with the the Knicks. He was in my ear as you were saying that. He was? Yeah. Zoo, you were on top of that? Yeah, I was just confirming with Fleegs at first that we were uh, that we heard it right. Yeah, all right, good job. I read it wrong. Right, good job, Zoo. I'm proud of you, man. Yeah, no, I'm he was he was all over that. I so mistake. I, I just said that. I apologize. That's all I know, uh, <laughs> but Zoo was right. <laughs> it was in my ear, so we're good. All right, thanks, Jerry. All right, we'll. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio. And CBS Sports Network. I think that the Brock Purdy questions have been answered. I think that he played well last night. There's no reason, in my opinion, that the 49ers should make a change at quarterback. However, I bring this up because there's a couple of examples in the past where the Niners have done different things at the quarterback position that you wouldn't necessarily expect. One was after Jimmy Garoppolo had gotten them to the Super Bowl, it just felt like after losing to Patrick Mahomes the first time that they wanted somebody more mobile. They wanted a better player. They didn't feel like Garoppolo was going to be it, and he also got hurt a ton. Obviously, they drafted Trey Lance. That ended up being a disaster. We all know how it worked out. Then, albeit after the Brock Purdy injury, but still they were going to bring in Tom Brady, which means it was going to be Tom Brady's job no matter what. When Brock got healthy or not, or whenever the hell that was, they did, for a fact, reach out to Tom Brady prior to this season. So to the 49ers, in a somewhat panic of how the hell do we get over the top, get back here and slay that dragon, try to do something else at the quarterback No, they're not going to do that because uh, of the contract that Brock Purdy has. Uh, You know, he is cheap. Uh, this is exactly what you want. They'll probably give him a significant raise. They may try to extend him now because remember, he was the seventh round draft pick. He wasn't a first round draft pick. Yeah. So he only has a four year contract and he has just finished year two of that contract. So now would be the time to go in and give him some sort of contract extension. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know, you know, where it's going to go, but I do know that it gives them some flexibility 
with their entire roster, look, they have some really good players in their team. And they're only going to get better. And I just think that that kid showed that he has the moxie to play at this level in, in, in the biggest game of his life. I thought he started out the game great. Yeah, he did. And then all of a sudden, you know, they he was 8 for 20 when he was throwing the ball to Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. He just didn't have a lot of success. You know, and he had a couple where he missed. He missed Debo Samuel for a touchdown. And, and then the one ball that he did throw down the middle, I, I, I think it was to Ayuk. But Jerry Sneed just made an unbelievable play. Uh, on the ball, either him or Jarek McKinnon. I forget which one it was. Uh, not Jarek McKinnon. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. Getting all these guys screwed up, yeah. mixed up. But the well, point that's... being, I thought he played well. And the only reason they called Tom Brady was because of his Tommy John surgery. I understand, but also it's not like they that they brought in Sam Darnold to start a couple games and Purdy uh, Purdy comes back and plays. It was this was if Tom Brady comes, Tom Brady's the starter for the rest of the season. They would have been replacing. But, but they Brock told, Curry. but they also, you know, Kyle Shannon said, look, you're my future quarterback. I just don't know whether or not you're going to be healthy enough to get the year started. And if I get Tom Brady, I'm going to get him here. Yeah. I mean, that that's why that conversation took place. But that is so far in the rearview mirror right now that Brock Purdy is the guy. I, I'd have to go back and look at this game again and look at the tape and see where he might have missed. But I got to tell you, Steve Spagnuolo blitzed him a lot. And I thought that Kyle Shanahan would have answers, and he did for the most part. Yeah. But when it really got the crunch time in that fourth quarter and in overtime, there were a couple blitzes that they did. I don't feel like they had the right play called. Yeah. And then you know what I thought was a shame, too, was for the 49ers and, and their fans of the whole vibe of the game, was that first drive, they were just on fire. Purdy looked comfortable. They were moving the ball in chunks. And then McCaffrey has that fumble. Now, I know it's not like the Chiefs took off after that. But for them to score a touchdown on that drive, which seemed inevitable, the way they were going right down the field, I just think sets the tone for the game in a completely different way. The other thing that I also look at is, and and I, I kept saying it, you got to keep running the ball, Kyle. You got to keep running the ball, Kyle. And I think... The first six plays of the second half where they both, I think they went three and out back to back, five passes, one run. Mm. I mean, you can run on the Chiefs defense. You can. It's not going to be easy because they have a very good tackling secondary, but you can run on them and you have to stay with the run. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think Christian McCaffrey ended up touching the ball. And this game went to overtime, so he touched it more than he normally would. But they, you know, they emptied the tank with him. I think he touched the ball over 30 times, which which would have meant he would have been the MVP had they won. Well, Juwan Jennings, too, had a shot at it, but it probably would have been McCaffrey. Oh, it would have been McCaffrey. He touched the ball so much, and the combined yardage, nobody's ever had that kind of num- those kind of numbers. Yeah. I mean, and he's a guy, too, who had a really healthy season. He was great this year. This is why I really felt like the Niners had to get it this year. They had to. Now, one of their best defenders in Greenlaw, Greenlaw is going to be out for a significant amount well, of time. Well, he's done. He's done for next year because yeah. he's got the the Achilles. Right. So, that's, so it's too late. Forget it. And, you know, and he need, and, you know, linebacker, come on, man. He's going to be out for a year, but he, he's going to get paid right. his $8.1 million. So that would be good. So Christian McCaffrey is the first player with 75 or more rush yards and 75 or more receiving yards in Super Bowl history. He would have been the MVP. And that was just saying Brock Purdy was 8 of 20 when he was targeting 
Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle, all three mm. of those guys. Yeah. And then he was 15 of 16 targeting everyone else, excluding throwaways. Yeah, I was getting into all the Niners chants with the fans around me because I was rooting for the Niners hard. I was doing the Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk is on fire. And then they do the uh, whoop, there it is. That's a, I guess that's a thing that the Niners fans do when there's a first down or something. Did you hear that? I was trying to figure out what it sounded like they were going, ooh, 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 ooh. That was whoop, there it is, whoop, there it is. They were doing that. Okay. Yep. You guys know that one, right? Right. Whoop, there it is, whoop. Did it? Yeah. Did you guys oh. just get married? <laughs> Congratulations! Congratulations! No, I, I can't hear you, but I'm sure you're, what you're saying is is a is awesome. Look at those breasts! <laughs> hey, you guys have a great rest of your night. All right, awesome. That's yes. I saw happy ass. couple right there, that, man. Yeah, very very happy couple. That's awesome. Smiling ear to ear, having a great time, champagne, the whole thing. How tall was that woman? She uh, probably six foot. Maybe five eleven. She looked she like looked a model. Tall. She looked like like a legit runway model. You know, when you they're tall and they're walking with the heels and the whole thing. That mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was a good looking couple right there. That was it. Really, that that was star but, I power. Mean, if you're a shorter guy and you got a woman that's that much bigger than you, you better have a big. You know, <clears throat> better have a huge one. Bank account. <laughs> <laughs> that too. You yeah. and I were thinking the same way, Eddie. <laughs> I don't know where you're thinking. Yeah, I was going Schween route. Okay. But uh, yeah, bank account as well. Neo Tony live from the traveling built for tough studio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Live from the Blue Wire studios here at Wynn Las Vegas. One more day here, and then we, uh, this is it. One more hour, actually. And we are, we are heading home uh, back to the, uh, the, the motherland. Uh, and WFAN and those studios going to feel like climbing into that uh, warm bed once we get back into that studio. Although everything has been fantastic here at uh, at the win in these studios. So I know today is going to be all about kissing Patrick Mahomes' ass and the dynasty and everything else. And I mean, right, don't and, say it that way. And rightfully so. No, yeah, I'm, I'm going to no, say, say it I'm going to say But it is. That's what's going to happen. I mean, all day long is what's going to happen, and rightfully so. But there are there's a few times in sports where... I was conscious of watching something that I knew was incredibly special in the moment. Obviously, back to the 90s in basketball with Michael Jordan. I also felt that way with Kobe Bryant and the talent that he had in football, the Patriots dynasty, watching Tom Brady. You know, I didn't I didn't feel it as much, to be honest with you, with Peyton Manning. I know he won his two and he was he's just phenomenal quarterback, all-time great, and feel it as much. So I, I Jordan Kobe, Brady, and now Mahomes is I you just know that you are watching the greatest. You know that you are going to be saying, like yesterday, seeing him in person win a Super Bowl, I'm gonna be telling that to my future grandkids at some point. I was in a building, I saw Tom Brady win a Super Bowl, I saw Patrick Mahomes win a Super Bowl, and he is well on his way. Oh, they're back. Congratulations, guy. Oh my good, I tell you. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I've run. Are you a runway model? Is that what you are? Could oh, be. She could be. Man, All right. oh man. So anyway, yeah, you were saying oh. uh, as you were talking about <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, uh, he is the. Uh, let me just give you just a, a few stats after last night's game, which is amazing. Youngest player with two or more league MVPs and three or more championship MVPs in the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB history. 
He's the youngest player with those two awards that many times. He's the second quarterback with 325 passing yards and 50 rushing yards in Super Bowl victory. The last guy who did that, 1984, Joe Montana against the Bengals. That wasn't my Bengal team. That was the Bengal team before the team that I was on. Uh, he, he, five and two in playoff career, down 10 points or more. The rest of the NFL. Hey, Boomer, that- shove that stat pack up your ass. So he's five and two in playoff <laughs> career, down 10 points or more. Rest of the NFL is eight and 55 since 2018 in, in those circumstances. So it speaks to the greatness that you were trying to uh, yes. articulate. Yes, I And uh, the numbers speak for themselves. And the success that he has had and just the brilliance of him deserves all the accolades that are coming his way. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I, I, I didn't really, you know, I guess when watching Jeter, I'd have that sense. But that was more like a Yankee team thing because uh, it was so much was, was going on, so many great players. I can't, baseball's a, a tough one, but football and basketball, I always feel like I know when you're in the middle of something. And even when this started with Mahomes, that first year, you're like, my Lord, this guy is it's also It's also like a goalie in, in, uh, in hockey. Like, you you know, like when a Marty Bordeaux wins three Stanley Cups, yeah, you, you kind of know just, you know, how important he is uh, to them winning. By the way, eight of eight passing on his final drive in overtime. It's the most attempts without an incompletion in any drive in his career. So it was the biggest moment in his life again. And uh, he shined the brightest. And he approved to a 10-3 outright in career as an underdog. Yeah. And these guys were talking three-peat last night. They kept saying three-peat, three-peat, three-peat. And they want to come back and do it all over again. Which is hilarious to me that anybody thought that Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid were going to go retire if they won the Super Bowl. How about this? He was 15 of 21 converting game-tying or go-ahead drives in the fourth quarter and overtime in his playoff career. That's a 71% percentage, and that's nobody's even close to that. Nobody. Nope. Carving out his own majestic history. Yeah, and look, NFL. and I know that, that the whole thing is probably too much because of the Taylor Swift, the Brittany Mahomes, and... You know, all of the attention that they seem to get. That's what happens when you win. When you win, people want to be around you. People want a piece of you. How many more commercials are they going to do next year? It's just going to be, it's, it's going to be nonstop. Yeah, I mean, he, he does have a, a very in-your-face type of personal life that you don't get with some of these superstars. You know, I think he's, I think he's the most, he and his mom yeah. seem to be the most, like, kind of stable. Yep. Around him, I mean, everybody else is trying to get their piece of fame, I, you know, that along with him, including Brittany, his wife, who wants to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated now yeah. in a bathing suit. No, but I, I mean, I think to back to these other guys that I was talking about and the superstars in the moment. I mean, Giselle, very in your face. Different story. She had her own career. Right. Yeah. yeah. And she was, you know, the highest paid supermodel in history for what, 20 years there? Absolutely. Yeah. So she had her own career on her own, man. And they met and, you know, the rest is history from that point. But I, like everybody else around Pat, like, you know, Brittany, they, they went to high school together. Yeah. So they've so been not, together it's not, forever. It's, it's not a Klingon spot. No, she's not a Klingon spot, but yeah. she doesn't mind putting herself out there. Well, obviously not, as you saw with the Sports Illustrated stuff. So she's out, she's out there now. Did you, uh, you guys probably didn't see this. So I didn't know this was happening. So Nate Burleson interviewed, uh, Christian Juszczyk. 
yeah, Kristen Juszczyk. Yeah. Yeah. So Kristen Juszczyk is from Massapequa, Long Island. This is the wife of Kyle Juszczyk. Who it, does all yeah. the jackets. And remember when um, uh, Brittany and Taylor Swift were wearing those long jackets? Yep. She made those. Yep, she did. And uh, she said, you know what? I, I just figured to see if she uh, would want, you know, Taylor would want one of those jackets. And now she's a designer to the stars. She is. Well, she got an official, off. official NFL license, too, to do more stuff. It's awesome. So here, so similarities. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes and Michael Jordan. Okay. First seven seasons, Mahomes, two NFL MVPs, three Super Bowl MVPs. Jordan, two NBA MVPs, and one finals MVP. Mmm. Look at that. So, the door is open for Patrick Mahomes to be really the what it comes down for him, goats. What it comes down to for him and what Michael Jordan and Tom Brady did later on in their careers because they were committed to their sports and took care of their bodies is will Patrick Mahomes take care of his dad body? His dad bod, right? Yeah. Yep, which I think is going to serve him. I mean, think about you know Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady wasn't a muscular guy. He was, you know, no, but he was like, yeah, I mean, shredded. Yeah, he's, I don't know, Peyton though. had a dad body. Yeah, definitely. Eli, too, 100%. 100% dad body. Yeah, but it's not like, you know, I, I don't think Tom Brady was shredded. I mean, I think he was in such great shape because of what he eats, but, he's, yeah, but he, he wasn't was a lean. muscle guy. He was lean, man. Yeah, he lean, definitely. By the, by the way, speaking of that whole thing, yeah, Gronk missed his kick for Fandle. I, did, I have no idea. So we saw it. We were watching him because <laughs> we had a camera on him because we knew that he was going to be kicking that ball before this the game started, but it was going to be after all the pomp and circumstance. And we watched him on on the camera, that, the feed that we had in our green room. He made like five in a row. I, maybe three in a row. I forget what it was, but he, right down the middle, right down the middle, right down the middle. And then it was, when it was time for him to kick it, hmm. he shanked it right. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Was this scripted? A little fugazi? I hope not. I mean, if you think, like, I mean, well, there's the no make or miss thing, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, they probably have an idea about how many people were on team make and team miss. And you think they told them to miss? I don't know. No way. Yeah, probably not. We love our our fan, our guys we over love at Fanduel, but I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell Gronk was doing. Yeah, I think they told I saw him, him to miss. warm up and he and he banged three right down the middle. Wow, and that wasn't for public consumption. The, the, no, but there were people out there, like Kay Adams and everybody was out there. They had fans out there surrounding him and everything. Man. And we just saw the feed, the raw feed, because you know, we had the camera there, because they knew that they were going to have to switch to that camera right after all the pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Uh, you were mis uh, mentioning uh, Kristen Juszczyk and the stuff that she made and all of that. Well, uh, Al's girlfriend, Gina, is might be in the same type of business because they went down to Old Vegas the other day. And she was making custom clothing to wear to the Super Bowl. Am I right, Al? Yeah, in fact, she was stopped multiple times by people for photographs. Who? Of, Gina was. Of the clothes that uh, she yeah, made yeah, for G the Super Bowl. She made? Well, she didn't make. She, Gina bought this, like, Las Vegas jacket. A cheap Las Vegas jacket. Like, touristy jacket. Yeah. Brought it over to, like, a, a woman who was doing iron-on things. Yes. And this woman had an iron-on, like, cartoon picture of... Uh, Taylor Swift in a Travis Kelsey jersey, and she put it on the back of this jacket. It looked pretty cool. Yeah, 
and she did people like hey can you can you take a picture here yeah you, like i take like can i snap this she was a celebrity in her own right yeah definitely yeah with, with to show you what it looked like of course well, maybe, it's not. maybe she can get with uh, eddie's miriam and you guys can go over some yarn stuff and see what happens <laughs> sure thing. in yarn though yeah that yeah. could work <laughs> sure thing <clears throat> uh by the way i have a i have a confession for you and i'm a i'm a little i'm a little wor- i'm a little worried that you're going to be upset with me okay you know what I did on Saturday? Played golf. Nope. Saturday. Saturday. I didn't play golf. You didn't play golf. Why? I, I went somewhere. You went somewhere without Uh-oh. me. Yeah, well, you were busy. To go to the Hustler Club? No. 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 Live. Live, damn it. Did you see the size of that Hustler Club? I did not. No. Right next to the stadium. How could oh, you miss it? No. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you just got a little hint there. Yeah, no, you went to the live golf thing. I did. Uh huh. Wrap you upside the head with this can. <laughs> How did you go to that for? Uh, because it was right here and I had nothing to do. And I knew that Rom and uh, Bryson and uh, Dustin Johnson were playing. Playing in, in some sort of exhibition tournament with music playing and everything. Yeah, it was. They're was, trying to recreate, recreate the Phoenix Open everywhere they go. And it it's was not working. Something. It was something else. Now, I don't know if it's working or not. It was. It was a spectacle, though. I mean, it just things. Like, there's one video I'm going to show you. Just some random guy I'd never heard of before, who's just teeing up on this par three, and they have this legit, like, famous DJ that is like set up in a stanchion by this pond. Was well, this it Tiesto? Guy, it was not Tiesto. <laughs> some some other guy, Griffin or something. I don't know. Because if it was Tiesto, he was supposed to be at the Super Bowl. Yeah, he wasn't. And yeah, something happened where so, something happened. Is another guy, Cascade, who was there with so, a K. Yeah, it was Cascade with a K. So this Griffin guy is there, right and this, with a K. And he's uh, it's just <laughs> the guy's trying to tee off, and then the ball lands on the green, and there's pyro that shoots up <laughs> the explosion. I'm like, what is this? Like, well, I don't understand did what you, it is. Did you find it at all? Like, did you enjoy it? I I I did, but I didn't take it seriously. Does that make sense? Yes, one hundred percent. I I enjoyed the atmosphere. I had a good time for a couple hours that I was there. I got to see a few of these golfers that are like off the charts. You know, Rom and Bryson and and DJ, and I got to see them up close, which was really cool. But it, I couldn't take it seriously. Probably feels like uh, one of those uh, golf tournaments at the old Tam O'Shanter Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the legendary. Right. But I just, yeah, I could, I just couldn't, like how, I mean, I understand these guys pay, they got paid a lot of money, whatever, but I just couldn't, I was like, the yard goats and the range goats and the kind the of feels fake. The, kind of feels fake. Yeah. But it was, it was still cool, but I'm not like, I, I wouldn't go to another one, I don't think. So you know? did, did you go last year to the Phoenix Open, the Waste Management Open? No, I did not. No. All right. I was just wondering because you see that, you see yeah. what that looks like. Yeah. Aren't they? It feels to me like they're trying to recreate that. Yeah, but artificially. Yes, but this is much more in your from the stuff I see with Phoenix Open. Obviously, they have the party hole and everything there. They try to do that all over the course. That's what with I'm this. saying. I mean, I, that yeah. that whole waste management open deal, you know, has happened organically. Now they've enhanced it. Yeah, because of the way the media covers it, and so. You know, the biggest jackass in the world has to show up so he could be like the jackassery has to, right. you know, make it on ESPN Sports Center. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, so that's one tournament. Yeah. You know, that's it. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. It, but now Liv is trying to make that happen every time they take a course. Yeah. And I don't think the golfers care who's there or how it works or anything. I just think that they're like happy to take their money, you know? 
That's what I. Yeah, it's about it's about growing the game. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, all right, it is Boomer and G on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Quick break. We'll get to Jerry. He's got another update and moment of the day. We are live from Win Las Vegas for just a few more minutes here at the Blue Wire Studio. Fan and CBS Sports Network. Is that a weird, weird situation in the bathroom? Oh, did you? Yeah, you know the the gentleman that works here. Gentleman Brian. Yeah, Brian. So he and I ended up in the bathroom together, and Brian's sitting there doing a number one, and he's taking a picture of a Schwantz. No, he's not. Yes, he was. No way. Yes, he was. He had his phone out, and it was facing wow. down. You know what's so funny is I made ask him, look at him, he's right there. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. He was probably scrolling and looking at, yeah, he was looking at TikTok or something. sitting there like this. (laughs) I mean, mean, that's not scrolling TikTok and that's taking a picture. There's no, that that is is just nuts. There's no way. I I feel like I've gotten a no. By the way, I, I asked him directly. Okay. And he played it off. Well, that means he was doing it. Man. Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, this is a great time to thank Brian. Yes. And Antoine and the Blue Wire Studios guys who have just been off the charts spectacular this week. I mean, could not have done a better job for us. Uh, Obviously, Chris here from CBS who stuck around as Stephen and um, Sean Kennedy went home. But uh, the guys here, Brian and Antoine, up in the ridiculous hours of the morning, just grinding for us. So we appreciate them very much. There was a lot of money spent by Paramount on the Super Bowl. As you saw over there by the Bellagio, as you saw at the stadium last night, uh, as you've seen through all the different entities that we have. We've gone from Drew Barrymore. Yeah. (laughs) Right. to, To Phil Sims, to James Brown and. Uh, to everything in between. And I can't tell you that I've ever felt uh, like we've ever been treated any better than we have been this week. And that's saying a lot for you. Uh, For me, it's an easy one. I've never been treated this well. For you to say that all these years uh, really means something. Every year is different. uh, And it just turned out that Vegas was an unbelievable Super Bowl city. It really was. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been here in a while, but uh, coming back to the win and being able to hang out here and be in the studio and then basically be shuttled all over town for different reasons and and just unbelievably seamless and first class until last night and the elevator didn't work. Yeah. Well, thank you, CBS, yeah. uh, for, for everything, really. Uh, all right, Jerry, uh, what do you got for us over there? We are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog, fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door and also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire Nobody. We've heard every call. We've heard Westwood One. We've heard Jim Nance. We heard uh, Niners Radio. And one final time this morning, how about the way it sounded in Kansas City? McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game 
25, 22. Chiefs radio with the call. Yeah, they win Super Bowl 58 by that score in OT. Hardman caught it. Mahomes, 333. Couple of touchdowns on the night. Ran for 66 yards. Had a couple of big first down runs, too. He was the game MVP. That's back to back championships. When's his third? What's it mean? It means the world. I mean, when I got here, I wanted to, to win as many as possible. I wanted back to back. We fell short last time, and to be able to come back and do it, um, it, it truly is special. Um, but we're not done. That three piece, <clears> that three <throat> piece sounds real nice. That was Mahomes on Westwood One. You were talking hey, about you that. Know, you know piece. something about you know McCole Hardman? He, it's amazing. He had zero scrimmage yards in the postseason entering today. And if you remember, he, he fumbled the ball out of the end zone. Yep, that's right. Against the Bills, mm-hmm. if you remember. So you talk about a little bit of redemption. He had three catches in this game, 57 yards. And I think back to that whole thing on hard knocks with the Jets. Yeah, with O's. With O's. And he telling O's that he sees himself and his team against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's obviously bit. the Jets, but right. he still made it, and they still won, and they still played the 49ers. And he yep, had the game winner. Winning, game winning time. And game winning time. Do, you, do you remember the score that O's had? 31-21. Okay. Yep. Hmm. Right. Mm. Uh, here was Travis Kelsey on CBS. Thoughts of Mahomes? I guess at this point, I take it take it for granted. But I know we're in every single game I'm ever I've ever played in with him. No matter what the score is, no matter how much time is left, that guy's got magic in his right arm, man. And he just he he found ways to propel us, even with his legs, as you saw today. Now earlier we played Hardman uh, with you guys on CBS, which was I guess. Um, pretty quickly after the game ended where he said he blacked out when thinking about that final play in the touchdown. And Westwood won, I guess, later on he gave a bit more of an answer. Man, in and out play, fake jet, come back, uh, <laughs> go to the flat, and um, the corner fell off, and and, and Trav was right there. Uh, you know, he was doubled, I believe. And I was open in the corner, so, I mean, couldn't be more grateful. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> No doubt. Uh, here was Isaiah Pacheco on Westwood One, kind of a microcosm of our season. It's adversity. Visualize, see it, make it happen. We've seen it. We've been there before. It's time to punch in that clock, eliminate the distractions, and focus no. on us. Hello, Eddie. How you doing? Uh, here's Andy Reid on Westwood One. <laughs> Back in the day, people said you couldn't win the big game, yet here you've won a few of them now. Well, I made it from being able to handle the big cheeseburger to being able to handle this thing. <laughs> so I appreciate Listen, I just appreciate all that went into it. The Hunt family and the great job that they've done for us to allow us to do what we do and the players to do. So it's great. Yeah, they uh, do a lot of winning is what they do. Travis Kelsey, nine catches for 93 yards. Pretty damn good considering only had one catch for one yard at halftime. Here was Reed on the bump that was uh, seen by everybody. The part I love is he loves to play the game and he wants to help his team win. I mean, it's not a selfish thing. That's not what it is. And I understand that. And so as much as, um, you know, he bumps into me, I get after him. And we understand that. Um, He just caught me off balance. And almost knocked him over, as a matter of fact. And one final time, I hope final time, they are going to have their parade Wednesday. So maybe he'll be singing this again. But uh, I did enjoy his rendition of Viva Las Vegas. (laughs) 
I don't know Sound why I find this so funny. Yes, he is. There's no doubt. Uh, on the other side of the ball, not so great for the Niners as they lose <clears> to the Chiefs uh, again in the Super Bowl. And Kyle Shanahan has lost three of these now. Also lost to the Patriots when he was with the Falcons. Here's Shanahan in, in terms of taking the ball to start overtime. Uh, this is something we talked about with, you know, that none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. Ah, all right, sorry, right, listen to this. Listen, uh, I'm sorry, Jerry, listen to this for a second. Yeah. So I just got this, and it says the NFL overtime rule was changed because of two people in the in in, in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, Frank, no, oh. Frank Reich, mm. and a guy by the name of John Ferrari. They spearheaded a bunch of research, and this Super Bowl could ha- could be different because of it. So ultimately, those it's, it's Frank's fault. <laughs> So if you're Kyle Shanahan, it's Frank Reich's fault that they changed the rules and over. Uh, you know what? It didn't. It didn't really matter because they went down, got a field goal, and then the Chiefs went. Well, down what did matter? What did matter is you heard from Kyle Shanahan because we've never had this situation happen before. Yeah, that he just figured that he was going to get the ball a third, well, the second time, which would have been the third possession in overtime because he figured. So he's thinking we're going to score a touchdown. They're going to score a touchdown. We're going to come back and kick a field goal and win. That's what he's thinking. Yes. So to be clear, the overtime rules of the NFL were the same for 50 years, and now they've changed twice in the last five? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, they, this year was the first year under these new rules right. because they didn't want they didn't, they didn't want somebody going down and scoring a touchdown and not having the other team have a chance to at it least was, go score a touchdown and tie it again. It was the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes playoff game from yeah. a couple of years ago that really made this thing happen. Because mm-hmm. it was still sudden death then. Well, it also happened It happened with Tom Pat- Brady. Patriots, yeah. Pat- Tom Brady Shoot. in Arrowhead got the ball in overtime, scored a touchdown, game over. Patrick Mahomes never, never got a chance why to tie it, the game. Why is it never a good enough answer to say, stop them? I mean, it should be because we sat here and for the first half, I think you even said it earlier on, that the game was sloppy. No, no, it wasn't sloppy. That's what happens when a game looks like, you know, it's being controlled by the defenses. And it was. No question and about that. it was. That. Yep. Right. Um, Dre Greenlaw did tear his Achilles running onto the field. We talked about that earlier. That was terrible. Uh, and so with that, football season's over. But along the way this week, uh, I know you guys talked about this. We pulled some of the audio with um, Gio making his appearance on ESPN uh, the other day because of Al's gaffe with uh, Randy Moss and Randy Moss. Um, here was the ESPN crew. This is uh, Sam Ponder talking about the big mistake that the made on what was that Tuesday Wednesday whatever it was midweek yeah, Tuesday yeah, yeah on Tuesday our Hall of Famers in high demand this week on Radio Row the morning show with Boomer and Geo learned an important lesson about that old saying trust but verify well there was no uh, verification wait a minute well first of all Boomer and Geo are not about trusting and verifying <laughs> it's Al Dukes our producer <laughs> Sam right, just to make sure and and I was the one that said there's no way Randy Moss is coming here at four in the morning Morning. No way. <laughs> He's a big horse guy, you know. <laughs> so they <laughs> they played the audio and the video of it, and then you would get the reaction to the video. You oh, got boss. <laughs> and all of us, as we know Randy, when we 
see the beginning of that, and they're like, he's coming on. We're like, sure he is. <laughs> yeah. Sure he is. Hey, I, I don't see you it. Your first video, yeah. baby. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. That I, made me. I have one oh, question. What is that? Who do, you, who do you like in the fourth at Aqueduct? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Huh? They said who he, right. he goes, huh, because he doesn't even know what that means. <laughs> he's so <laughs> now, you, know what, you know what I wanted you to ask? I wanted you to, I should have, I should have said, you should got to ask Randy, did he actually tweet, you got mossed? And watch no, the and watch the whole thing, or did somebody do it for him? Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I, I'm thinking that he did because he tweets a lot of stuff out that seems like him. Well, so here, I, I I would say so. Here was the question you did get to ask him. Here's my first question: Do you remember that me and you were at Turks and Caicos together at Grace Bay Club back in 2015, and we were hanging out in the water talking fish? Do you remember that? Not really, but. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember my father Larry Abrams playing football with you? I love it. So we do have something in common. I like it. Uh, and then you had the whole thing about getting what? Right, this? and I know I, I held the picture up at yes. that point too uh, of of the two of us. And that's when Randy did like the fist bump in the in the air thing. He was, uh, which was it. probably the best part of the thing. Yeah, I thought that was great. So very funny, and the fact that they ran with that was pretty cool. Uh, a couple of other things here. Uh, real quick, do I have anything else? Mm, not really, I suppose. You got the Knicks taking on the Rockets. They did not sign Kyle Lowry, the Knicks, oh, by the way. Uh, Nick Taylor <laughs> beat Charlie Hoffman on the second playoff hole to win the WM Open uh, in Arizona. You've got the Rangers and the Flames tonight, and the Devils take on the Kraken. Time now for Moment of the Day, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. So, uh, our we have our producer, Al Dukes, as you know. Well, the producer on the TV side at CBS Sports Network, his name is Stephen Waldron, if you weren't sure of that. He went golfing with Boomer and Gio on Friday at a beautiful golf club in Vegas. Fair to say, he's a little bit anxious, has a little bit of a nervous cough, and made some mistakes along the way. The bopping around. You know, <laughs> that that's another thing that I think is just makes people uncomfortable. Is the, you do a lot of bopping, you know? I was having fun. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> that's, all, that's all good. And also, Stephen, w when you're with Boomer, you don't have to go spend $200 in the shop because you're going to get a swag bag. I would have loved to have given a heads up about that. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. Time there, out. Was a heads up. there was a heads up. Uh, well, remember when we gave our sizes <laughs> to Boomer? Yeah, what I, you I think was that expecting was for? maybe one t-shirt or maybe one shirt, not what we got. Yeah. Steve, oh, well, I, why do you think I asked for the sizes? For one T-shirt, I, I didn't know. How long have you been doing this show? <laughs> Did you ever get one T-shirt? I mean, come on. I've never been at a place like that with you guys. So, I, so I, I, <laughs> Steven comes back from the pro shop. He's got this bag. He's like, like man, bopping like, along. Really? He goes, really? bopping along. He's bopping really? along. He's bopping along. Really, really expensive in that pro shop, you know. I just spent you know two hundred dollars on a sweatshirt and probably like you know like a thousand dollars total. But hey, man, it's worth it. <laughs> We're going to put our bags in the car. There's a giant shopping bag that says Stephen Walter and I, totally free. Yeah, by the way, why do you think they asked you your name on the driving range? I, I didn't ask him why. <laughs> there you go. Moment of the day. Safe flight. We back. have people that are... Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Steven, man. It was awesome. It was great playing with you, and you're the best. You're the best, man. Uh, good job, Jerry. We'll see you tomorrow, huh? You got it. Enjoy. Who's playing this? 
Is it Swingleman? <laughs> well, I am left all by myself because uh, I left the guys on Friday to get back to do uh, Rutgers, Wisconsin, and they stayed the weekend and, of course, went to the game. Um, and so from Las Vegas, they are gone. And welcome back on CBS Sports Network. Boomer and Geo have departed along with Alan Eddy. You see the empty Blue Wire Studios because they got a flight to catch so they can be back here tomorrow after really what was a terrific week in Vegas just to kind of tie up a couple of loose ends from the week. Um, we had a blast. CBS Sports Network was outstanding and the city was great. You know, the game in and of itself was fine. You know, the first, we talked about it all morning. The first half was what it was. The ending was exciting, uh, albeit. Um, but the host city, if you remember, and I don't think we talked about this at all today yet. We discussed it, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Joe Buck did a podcast, and I didn't necessarily disagree with him. I mean, who knew how the week would go? But the idea of having the NFL in Vegas and, you know, not necessarily the Chiefs and the 49ers, but having a lot of uh, pro athletes, a lot of uh, NFL players descend upon the city to do all their appearances in Radio Row. Joe Buck made the point that, my God, there's going to be a disaster here. Someone's going to get into trouble. And I thought it made sense because we've seen many times over where, you know, whether it's a, a boxing event, whether it's whatever is in town in Las Vegas, there's a lot of temptation and, and usually a lot of trouble comes with that. And it went, unless there's stuff that we don't know about right now, the week in Vegas went about as good as it could go, and really without a hitch. And we stayed at the win and had a great time. We saw so many NFL types, including Roger Goodell, including Saquon Barkley. We saw Jerry Rice. We saw Marcus Allen. Uh, and yet, it doesn't seem like there were any issues there. Back to football, though, in terms of the actual game last night. And I was left with this thought driving in this morning. And this is as we kind of move out of uh, football season, now back into the Knicks and to the Rangers and everything that goes on to the winter and then spring training, which, oh, by the way, pitchers and catchers coming up later in the week. Like, what is going to stop the Chiefs from winning again? So many times you've looked and you've seen teams, they kind of climb that mountain. It's, you know, you keep going, you keep going, but then all of a sudden pieces start being stripped away from you. And you start to think, hmm. Yeah, it was a good run, but that's probably it. Even the Patriots, as great as their run was, they did go whatever it was, eight, nine, ten years without winning a Super Bowl. They they kind of bookended them, and Brady's brilliance really was probably the way he played at the end of his career uh, as opposed to the beginning because right now Patrick Mahomes is obviously matching that. But you think about the Chiefs. This is a team that lost. Think about what they lost. They lost Tyree Kill a couple of years ago. And I think a lot of people thought that that was going to be the start of the descent for this team because, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. And sure, Travis Kelsey's really good. But, like, they just lost Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill almost went for 2,000 yards this year with the Dolphins. That's the type of receiver that they lost. And all they've done in those two years is win. Not once, but twice. And I know they were pointing at uh, the Raider loss. And watching the NFL today, the the four-hour, um, I didn't catch all of it, but I certainly watched uh, the last couple of hours of the NFL today, yesterday on CBS. And one of the things they were talking about was how eye-opening their loss to the Raiders was at Arrowhead. And what's interesting about that is that game is probably the game that got Antonio Pierce the job to remain Raiders head coach, and why the hell not? And also, according to the Chiefs, the game that put them over the top and kind of realized we need a reset. Things aren't right here. And you just you add it all up and you sit there and say, the kid's 28 years old and he's won three times already. He wins the MVP every time he, play, he, every time he plays in these games. And going into the postseason this is the other thing. Going into the postseason, it was, well, 
I mean, sure, they can win at home and they can get to the Super Bowl, but they've never done it on the road. So what do they do? They win at home against Miami, and then not only do they win on the road, they win on the road twice in Buffalo and then in Baltimore against two teams in the Bills who really hit their stride towards the end of the season against a quarterback who was playing pretty damn good football in an environment that is as difficult to play as there is. You You can make the case which stadiums are more difficult than others. Orchard Park is so tough because the fans are right on top of the field and literally right behind the bench, and yet there was no blink from the Chiefs. They go in, they win there. And then you're thinking, all right, Lamar Jackson. Turns out he was the MVP of the season. The Ravens had a great year, and what do they do? In a game in which they couldn't do anything offensively in the second half, they wind up winning. And then on top of that, you think about the way those two games played out. Baltimore into the Super Bowl, not the Bills game. In Baltimore, the Chiefs offense was good enough in the first half. They put up enough points and the Ravens were kind of off their game a little bit. They do nothing in the second half of that game. They do nothing in the first half yesterday. I mean, didn't score in the second half in Baltimore. And they had three lousy points that they kicked at the end of the first half yesterday. And you had to have been thinking at the break that that's a broken team in terms of what we were used to. And then here they come in the second half. Now, there were mistakes made. I I pointed out on the warm-up show with Al today, you know, when you look at um, the mistakes that the Niners made, whether it was getting the interception to start the, the third quarter and not converting that to points, and then to have that fumbled punt that unfortunately for the Niners hit the player in the foot and then Ray Ray McLeod tried to dive on it couldn't and instead of them having the ball still with the lead the Niners get down and score I mean you were talking about two scenarios there where that game could change and the Niners while we don't know if they were going to win they very well could have won had they converted on really one of those plays had they not fumbled the ball or turned that interception into points who knows what happens and oh by the way the blocked extra point turned out to be a big deal, too, because you end up uh, in overtime. And the final thought to kind of wrap up Super Bowl week into Super Bowl weekend into uh, what now is going to be the end of football season. Can we please stop with the conspiracy theories and the idea that these games are scripted? I get the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing. Never got into it myself. I don't have daughters. I'm not a I don't like her. Don't dislike her. She's fine. Uh, But the idea that the NFL scripts anything, if that was the case, and I made this point about 630 with Boomer and Geo, if that was the case, when Brock Purdy goes incomplete on third and long, keep in mind, it wasn't third and two. It was third and long in overtime on their first possession. They call, I don't want to say a ticky-tack defensive holding penalty because by the book it probably was. I would think, though, for the way the game was officiated, it was a bit of a ticky-tack call. They gave the Niners, in that rule that we all can't stand, defensive holding, five yards, automatic first down. Do you really think if the NFL was scripted, and all of you conspiracy theorists out there, if you really think it's scripted, do you think they're making that call in that spot? There is no way they're making that call in that spot. But they did, because guess what? The games are unscripted. And so you're left with this thought. Who will stop the Chiefs going forward? And finally, and this is a punch in the gut to a Jet fan. I said it before the playoffs began, and I will say it now looking back. Perhaps they wouldn't have been able to beat the the Chiefs. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know this. With their defense, and if Aaron Rodgers, uh, ifs, 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 and if Aaron Rodgers stayed healthy, you can't tell me that that team would not have been good enough to make a Super Bowl run. 
The Chiefs are a great team. I'm not saying they would have beat them. I'm not saying they wouldn't have beat them. But I will tell you, I don't know that any team in that AFC scares me if I had a healthy Aaron Rodgers and that defense was playing up to par. That's how good I think the Jet defense was at times, could have been at others, and had the circumstances been different with the quarterback play, man, oh man, you might look back and think lost opportunity because while as much as things will be the same this season in terms of what you thought they would be, he is still a year older. He is coming off the Achilles injury, and you've got to hope that he can be the quarterback that you thought you were getting when you brought him here last offseason. And so with that, and speaking of Achilles, you feel horrible for Dre Greenlaw, who tore his Achilles running onto the field. With that, that's it. Football season's over. Unless you like the UFL, which is coming in March. So get ready for lots of Knicks, lots of Rangers, lots of Yankees, and lots of Mets. Because that's pretty much where we're at now as we have hit the middle part of fair. So i got to extend this NFL season and do do the uh, the Super Bowl President's Day weekend. Let's take it out another. Start it later. Let's start it. Let's start mid-September and let's take it to the end of February and kind of have a nice little bridge to baseball season. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.